Word of God. We are three English majors who have set out to analyze Supernatural now that it's done to figure out what was it supposed to be, what did it become, and how. I'm Ash, the old time fan. My pronouns are V, Vim, and it's it's. And you can follow me on Tumblr at the Voice of Night Vale with dashes. I'm Emma, the latecomer. I use she, her, and they, them pronouns. You can follow me on Tumblr at Lazarus Emma. I'm Wyatt, the newcomer. I use he, him pronouns. You can follow me on Twitter at Topple Thrones. And you can follow the show on Twitter, Tumblr, and on TikTok at Word of Godcast. And it's the finale. Today it's we're talking finale, about just... episodes 21 and 22, When the Levee Breaks and Lucifer Rising. I wonder what's going to happen at the end of Lucifer Rising. Gee, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, content warnings for this episode include... Content warnings for this episode include torture... Cannibalism? I guess it kind of depends on your definition of cannibalism. Uh, implied infant death, drugs, addiction, withdrawal, hallucinations, school shootings, extinction, death of a parent, suicidal ideation, and seizures. If you'd like us to warn for something we don't already flag, you can reach us through our ask box on Tumblr or send an email to wordofgodcast at gmail.com. Which mostly gets spam. It's true. Yeah, that's what happens when your email address is public. Um, as a reminder, since this is a finale episode, next week we will not be uploading an yes. episode. You gotta wait. You gotta wait. I need I need more time. <laughs> I need a I need a I just tried to say salute emoji out loud. <laughs> Everybody salute Wyatt right the fuck now. <laughs> so it'll true. be it'll be nice not to have to be have like the thing ready by Monday. Oh seven. Um, oh seven. What? Oh seven. <laughs> The little salute, salute guy. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I see. Okay. Um let's 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 talk about these episodes. I, I'm right. I've got was, my synopsis. Let's go. This was fun. There's good stuff in these episodes. Yeah, this is like mm-hmm. genuinely good, which was weird. My notes are like really long. Generally they don't break like five pages. Um this this is seven. Oh, I forgot you start a new line every time you have a note. Yes, yeah. I start a new line every like time I have a note, and I have one note. page. Because I go through the transcript as yeah. we do our chronology so that I can just check what the note was about. Um, so I have, like, two or three words and then a space and then the next note. So I'm very space efficient because I'm using paper. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't need to I be because I'm not using paper. I just don't take very many notes. <laughs> we know, Bestie. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So 421, When the Levy Breaks, was written by Sarah Gamble because it is the penultimate episode. Um, after a really good recap all about Sammy and his blood freakness, yeah. um, we see Sam is still in the detox demon trap panic room, and Dean does not let him out even after they argue about it. After the title card, Alistair appears in the panic room and starts torturing Sam, except he's hallucinating it all while Dean and Bobby listen in anguish. Demon blood hallucinations are truly something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Bobby gets a call yeah, from Rufus, right. but hold that thought. Uh, we see Sam's next hallucination is young Sam, who we've met already a couple times, and he berates adult Sam for turning out like this, but he ends with, how can you run with what's from what's inside you with, like, yellow eyes? Ouch. Um, back with Bobby and Dean, turns out Rufus's call was about a whole bunch of seals breaking, and Bobby wonders if it wouldn't be better to let Sam use his mojo to stop Armageddon, which Dean hates a lot. Back to Sam, who's hallucinating Mary in her bloody nightgown and a fa- full face of makeup, and she tells him she understands he's doing the right thing. Dean doesn't understand because he's weak, and he should make her death mean something by killing Lilith, even if it kills him. Sam, you have problems of the brain. Dean uh-huh. <laughs> Dean yells for Cass until he shows up, but Cass still refuses to say whatever it was he was going to say before. He tells Dean that for Sam to kill Lilith would take so much demon blood he would become the next monster for Dean to hunt, and so Dean agrees to serve God on the angels so that he can be the one to stop this instead of Sam. Cass then tells him to wait for the angel's word. So he's just chilling, waiting. 
Sam continues to experience demonic withdrawal. Bobby is upset about Dean's agreement to obey the angels, but Sam is like really quiet. So they go down and he's having a magic demon blood seizure. Uh, so they tie him down, which segues into Sam waking up to a lecture from Dean, which devolves into what's revealed to be a hallucination of Dean. Uh, telling him mm-hmm. horrible things and calling him a monster intercut with Dean telling Bobby how deeply he needs to save Sam from becoming a monster even if it means he dies because at least he'll die human <sighs> then the doors and restraints mysteriously release Sam mm-hmm. so he sneaks out and we see Cass skulking ominously my bestie girl what are you up to <sighs> so then Cass meets up with Anna and she says girl what are you up to and he <laughs> says that she shouldn't have come because some other angels come to drag her off presumably back to heaven Sam is stealing yeah. a car from Bobby's yard. Bobby finds him and holds him at shotgun point, but Sam calls his bluff before knocking him out and stealing his car. Uh oh. Bobby and Dean guess that Ruby must have somehow broken Sam out, and Dean goes to find goes off to try to find them. Sam is with Ruby, but she tells Sam that she couldn't have broken him out. Uh, Ruby comforts him about his rocky relationship with Dean, and then they have some blood play sex, which we luckily don't have to see, but he's juiced again. While Dean and Bobby try to track Sam down, Ruby tells Sam that the 66th seal can only be broken by Lilith, who is Lucifer's first, the first demon ever created, a corruption yeah. of the, you know, the tension point between God and Lucifer, the humans, whatever, etc. Sam says that if he kills her before she can break it, the apocalypse can't happen, yay, and so Ruby points him towards an associate of Lilith's who's getting her some babies to eat. Um... <laughs> Dean finds Sam and Ruby and he's pissed. Ruby leaves the room and the boys have their usual little arguments about right and wrong and methodology and demons and angels, etc. And Dean says that this isn't what Sam's doing, it's what he is, which makes him a monster. And so they start punching each other. Dean's on the ground. Sam says Dean never knew him. And Dean says, if you walk out that door, don't you ever come back. And Sam goes, credits. Yeah. Yeah. This is a very good penultimate episode in terms of like, everything is coming home to roost. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's the, the coming together, and we're very clearly built towards the finale. Like, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, however, a Sarah Gamble episode, so the word bitch appears five times. Yep. yep. <laughs> One of them is son of a bitch, with it, which I think we usually count less. Yeah. Diversity win. <laughs> it has a son. <laughs> <laughs> Milk bitch. Rowena McLeod. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you contrast, haven't even met Rowena yet. You don't know. I mean, I know by reputation. Uh, in contrast, the next episode written by Kripke has bitch ten times. Uh, let's see how many of those are son of a bitch. One. I, two. Three. Four. Five. Six. Wow. Well, oh, no, I started over. I started over. It's five. Um, so okay. five half of, half. so, so we've got, we've still got five bitches that are not sons of compared to Sarah Gamble's four. Well, well, love this for both of them. Um, I was, I was somewhat tipsy when writing these notes. And so like <laughs> doing excavation on my past self is very funny. My first, the, my first note is haha, Sammy's cage, like a little bird. <laughs> <laughs> was this put after you that, played through Iron that. Lung? Uh no, I watched these on Thursday night. Oh, okay, I see. <laughs> okay, I get. I guess. Uh, brief, brief iron lung shoutouts. If you want to play a very good hour long spooky horror game, which I would recommend doing with friends because it's very scary, I would highly recommend Iron Lung. It's seven dollars on Steam, and that's Canadian, so it's probably cheaper than that for most people listening to this. It's anyway. extremely spooky if you're like Wyatt and are afraid of the ocean. Afraid of the ocean. I'm definitely afraid of you the ocean. You should be afraid of the ocean. It's scary. The ocean is scary. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> um, it's a good game. 
Yeah, so the 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 drug metaphor has gone from being subtext to text. I know writers who use mm-hmm. subtext and they're, and all, they're cowards, all cowards, etc. Yep. <laughs> like this is this is Sammy's yeah, it starts cold out turkey with, like, episode. Their usual subtext where um, he says something about like, "Oh, not until you dry out." Yeah, uh, and you know you couldn't help all the things you did when you were under its power, and then Sam says, "I'm not some drunkie." Uh, wow, <laughs> drunkie. <laughs> <laughs> looking at the next line <laughs> Sam says I'm not some junkie you're trying to trist- twist this into some kind of ridiculous drug intervention Yeah. <laughs> so I mix up drug and junkie into drunkie drunkie <laughs> Dean says if it smells like a duck <laughs> Sam's like I'm not drinking the demon blood for kicks Um, and then we have some very like I don't know very I, it's hard to exactly put my finger on the like cultural zeitgeist for certain, but this read to me as very like um, masculinity based, like cold turkey um, vibes. If that makes sense, like Dean's like this is about as far from strong as you can get. You're weak because of the drugs. You need mm-hmm. to be strong and get through them. Um, I don't know. I have I have seen storylines like this before. Yeah. It's uh, like gone. Just I want to acknowledge the line I don't drink the demon blood for kicks because the reality of it is most people who become addicts that suffer from their addiction yes also don't do it for kicks. Yeah, you do you you do the drugs initially and it's like ooh the dopamine and then it wear that that part wears off and then you just have to keep doing them to do the dope to get the dopamine because your neurotransmitters are broken. Yeah, and also, like, yes, of course, people do drugs recreationally, and I'm not going to pass judgment on that, but, like, a lot of people become addicts because they're Mm self-medicating for, like, either just against the terrible reality of the world we live in or because they have mental and physical illnesses that they can't afford to find healthcare for. Like, yes, people do do drugs for kicks, but people don't end up, you know, shaking and quivering and, like, hallucinating like Sam for funsies. (laughs) Well, I mean, Sam is also, this is also happening to Sam because he's going through withdrawal. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, which is to say, also, um, this is, like, don't, it's, uh, if someone is going through withdrawal, don't lock them in a room. I guess I should sit, like, you know, I, I they do address this in the episode in a way that I like, like, later mm-hmm. Bobby is mm-hmm. like, this was a, we shouldn't have done this. This was bad to do. And it's like, yes, it was. You should have, at the very least, if you were going to make him go cold turkey, which you should not do in general, like, mm-hmm. if the, the best way for someone to, like, come, like, to wean off of, of an addiction is to, like, take smaller and smaller doses of a drug, uh, which is often why, like, which the criminalization of drugs often results in, like, this sort of thing, like, happening because of the fact that, like, you cannot legally, like, help someone through um, in, like, a proper way because of the fact that the substance they need to do it is is illegal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's bad and stupid. Yep. But, uh, yeah, even if you are, if someone is going through cold turkey, they absolutely, going through withdrawal cold turkey... They should absolutely not do it all by themselves. You Literally, can die. They didn't even supervise him. They locked him in a yeah. room in the basement and like left. He, he with has the window seat, closed. Like, yeah, just listening to him screaming. That's them yeah. supervision. Like the these two dumbasses are not like don't know what they're doing, and they like, should have called a doctor. Is like, it? Oh, absolutely. there's no manual for this kind of thing. Well, I think you should have a little bit more common sense then. Uh-huh. Yeah, like 
is it absolutely in line with libertarian natural yes. and like american views yes. on drugs absolutely they're still dumb as shit for it and it's Which good that say, bobby eventually called it yeah, out yeah it's like i was not expecting the show to be like we shouldn't have done this because it's true you shouldn't have and so mm -hmm. at the very least that like um it does not go full libertarian in that way like this doesn't work which mm -hmm. I appreciated at least, but uh, yeah, this is this is the Sam goes through withdrawal and has lots of horrible hallucinations episode. There is maybe the implication that if Cass hadn't let him out, then it might have worked because Anna was like, "Why would you let true. Sam out?" Well, I mean, he has the seizure, but yeah, and then they like Bobby him down, does say he just has dying. another hallucination or whatever. Yeah. Also, uh, if someone has a seizure. You should not restrain them. I mean, like, yeah. obviously this seizure is a little bit different because it's flinging him across the room. But generally, if somebody is having a seizure, yes. you should just tilt their head over, put something soft under their head, and let them go through it. Because usually seizures are not as, like, scary and dangerous as they look. Mm -hmm. Again, it's different when it's, like, a demonic seizure that's flinging you across the yeah. room. But <laughs> also, none of us are medical professionals or anything. None of us are medical professionals. That's true. This is just stuff we've learned. Yep. Um... Yeah, that's your. This is your. This is your PSA corner from three idiots who know nothing. Uh huh. <laughs> we know enough to to say supernatural is stupid. Yeah, we know enough. We know more than this show does. What's the What's the quote? We know. We know a little about a lot of things, just enough to make us dangerous. So we know just enough to maybe make <laughs> your life slightly less dangerous. Um, I love how in the Azazel torture scene. Uh, that is an exact mirror of Ruby's. Sam gets his clothes. Yeah. Ms. Yeah. Campbell. Sam like gets to keep his shirt on. Whereas Ruby and later a different female character in the same torture device are shirtless. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think Ruby was full. Ruby was not wearing I any mean, clothes. I mean, they're not going to show us. Well, so, no, but like, I, I, I think we got I don't a shot of if we her, saw her legs. legs. Probably. I think so, yeah. Um, before that, though. I mentioned the line about how Dean says it's not your fault, which I appreciated initially, and then he twisted it. <laughs> he started getting yeah. passive-aggressive about it instead. Because, yeah. um, like, there's something to be You're said weak. about the ways that, you know, addiction is shaping Sam's choices. Uh, and so Dean, like, acknowledging that was like, oh, nice, okay. He, he's like, all right, it's not your fault. You couldn't help it. But on the other hand, he's going like, well, it's not your fault that you kept lying to me. Like, all right, pick one. But I do think it was in character, so yeah, it's good. And it's... It's also like, Dean, you have to create an environment where it's safe to tell the truth. Yeah. If you expect somebody to be truthful with you. Yeah. Locking, <laughs> locking someone in a cage is not conducive to such things. Like, you are all so fucked up. Go to therapy. Um, also, the lighting thing, in the scene is really cool because yeah. inside the panic room is, like, red lighting. It's all red, yeah. Um, yeah, so Sam is, like, in the red while we see him through this little window. And Dean has, like, some white light or at least whiter yeah. lighting. Um, like very bright on him. It's really good. It's cool. I like love that. when they juxtapose the heavenly and the demonic in them. It's mwah. speaking mwah. of the direction of the scene. I like the fact that they use the like. Um, we don't talk about the music in this show very often, but often in the cold opens, there's like this um classic horror movie like string escalation to a like uh final point i don't know musical terms you know the strings build and then they crescendo. come to a crescendo thank you that's the word um and uh we get that in this one but it's like as dean is walking up the stairs it's like the the horror here is domestic you know like mm -hmm. there's no monster mm -hmm. but the like the horror music is used for 
like the this ascension up the stairs and like leaving Sam down there as he like yells to let him out and I thought that was pretty cool. Mhm. Anyway, yeah, then we get this torture scene. Yeah, which I don't have any notes on. Yeah, it's just it's yeah. Yeah, my it's, only note It's nice was to see his uh shirt. Alistair again. Yeah, they brought Alistair yeah. back for one more one more. Oh, uh, I do have one note. Song While song. Alistair is like standing over him, there is one shot where like the red light is somehow reflecting off of his eyeball, which I don't know how that happened. Um like I I don't know, but you can see the red in his eye, which is very cool. I do also like his it's how like Terminator. Will we pass the time. Uh-huh. With like his little knife. Uh-huh. I just I just love him. He's such a slime ball. I love slime mm-hmm. ball villains. Oh yeah, I just I just saw the bit where the lights in his eye. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah. And then it's we like, see that uh... he is not in fact being tortured. And my notes say love when Sam has problems. So true. Yeah, yeah, the way it like zooms back and we just see him like lying on the bed, not at all restrained, just like screaming. Uh, yeah. Screaming, yeah. This is um... the Sammy has problems episode. Yep. Yeah. The, the... I love when we get Sam character studies where no plot happens at all. If anyone wants the timestamp, the bit, the timestamp for me on Amazon Prime is four thirty-seven for the red light in his eye. Do you not have Netflix? Uh, it's not on Canadian Netflix. Oh, that's right, you're Canadian. Is, yeah. <laughs> Point and laugh, kids. <laughs> Cringe. Um, Dean and Bobby listening to Sam are drinking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would be too, probably. It's not yeah, pleasant. It's not. It's not. Yeah. On a much nicer note, Bobby picks up the phone for Rufus as suck dirt and die, Rufus. You call me again. It's I'll so good. I, it's love real good. I love angry gay this. people. I... They're so funny. <laughs> they are so divorced. <laughs> and then Dean's like, what's up divorced. with Rufus? And Bobby's like, he knows. He knows. <laughs> yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's a very good bit. I was I was delighted to to get at least a nod at Rufus again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when Rufus calls back, Bobby picks up and he's like, what do you want? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, I like wish we had seen him, but uh huh. I love I I love Rufus. I miss him. Um, then we go back to Sam with young Sam. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the young Sam conversation. Oh <sighs> Sam. Oh yeah. Sam. Oh Sam. Young Sam says he wants an explanation. How could you do this to me? I thought we were gonna be normal. Ow. Yeah. This is the polar opposite of those like therapy uh, projects where you're supposed to like speak to your younger self and like uh-huh. look at them. Uh huh. Oh wait, sorry, sorry. I just I actually had like uh, a brief note about the Rufus call, uh, mm-hmm. which is to say like the the point of that happening is like they're getting more news about like signs of the apocalypse, and it's mm-hmm. like one of the lines is like ten species in Key West went extinct or something like that. Yeah. And there's a which is an interesting tie-in um to me of like the like you know climate disaster as apocalypse which is like it's getting sped up by this happening i guess but i don't know i like when um i like when fantasy apocalypses mirror or connect to like pre-existing real world apocalyptic problems Mm -hmm. uh it's a cool sign um also a school shooting is mentioned uh which is rough yeah oh it's a teacher not a student which is just an observation i (laughs) And this is to remind everyone in 2012. Um, I don't know how many school ha- school Wait, shootings. Wait, it was 2009. Made... Oh yeah, 2009. <laughs> For some reason, I thought Supernatural started in in no uh 2008. Anyway, <laughs> uh yeah, this is 2009. I don't know how many uh, school shootings made national news uh before like after Columbine before the year like 2014 when it was like every other month. Um, but yeah, it sure hits different in 2022. Yeah. I mean, I think it was there. There had been 
there have been school shootings in America for a long time. I think it still hits in that way, but we we definitely reached a um a uh what's the word? A boil boiling point? I don't know. A lot All of them right, happened. I'm on the Wikipedia page and there's there was one in 2000 in Flint, Michigan. Um another one in another you in 2000 in Florida, Washington, Arkansas, Louisiana, and California. 2001 had another one, two, three, four, five. Yeah. 2002 had another whole bunch. 2003, like it's, it's, there's a list. There is a long list. Um, okay, I stand corrected. Jesus fucking Christ, America. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When did this one air exactly? To, uh, May of 7th 2009. 7th of May actually. 2009, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, there was a, uh, shooting in april of 2009 in virginia although i think the episode would probably have been written before that happened yeah um anyway this scene yes yeah this is good acting from the young sammy actor mm-hmm. yeah it's very sad he's he's very upset at his older self which mm-hmm. is to say sam sam you need to go to therapy yourself. yeah yeah he says, how could you do this to me? I thought we were going to be normal. And he says, I tried. I did. It didn't pan out that way. Sorry, kid. And young Sam goes, that's all you have to say? It's all we ever wanted. We were so close. You got away from dad. You quit hunting. You were going to become a lawyer and get married. Why'd you blow it? Yeah. Yeah. For some reason, and get married was really getting me. Yeah. Like, not to boost the matinormative narrative of, like, end marriage is the primary goal. But, like, he wanted to get married. He was in love with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and also, like, for it, like, from a young um, Sammy perspective, I can see, like, getting married being the normal thing for him as someone who, like, went through his whole life as, like, not having a mom. And so if he's trying to become, like, as, if he's trying to make a life that is unlike his childhood as possible, then, like, there be it, like, if he, if he wants to have kids, like, there being a mom in the picture or, like, him having, mm-hmm. like, a life partner in that way that his dad, d- that he did not observe his dad having. Like, makes perfect sense to me. It's sad. Yeah. Sam says they killed Jessica, which is interesting, because I'm not sure, like, who the they is. Just, like, the the world of demons? The monsters? Yeah, monsters. The um, the, the world of monsters was the yeah. death of Jessica. And young Sam accuses him. If you'd been there to protect her, she'd still be alive. Which is, like, factually incorrect, but of yeah, course Sam would yep. say that to himself. Of course he, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then young Sam says, you think Jess would want you to turn into this? She loved you. You think she'd be happy? You think she'd be happy you using her as an excuse? Sam says, I'm sorry uh, I am, but life doesn't turn out the way you thought when you were 14 years old. Ouch. And then he ouch. goes, we were never going to be normal. We were never going to get away. Grow up. Oh, my God. I was on the floor for this part. Like <sighs> This is, um, I think this is my favorite scene in the episode. all hope of actually escaping the life. And then what they actually do to Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Grow up. Like, this is at the very least my favorite hallucination. Yeah. Specifically, grow up is killing me. Like, he, th- yeah. he now considers it childish to think he could ever be anything yeah. else. Yeah. I'm a Sam girl now. <laughs> me when there's a sad Sammy scene. I'm a Sam girl now. Yeah. Like, when Sam is compelling, he's fucking compelling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, Jared was actually acting this episode. Films. It was so good. Mm-hmm. He looks like shit, but in, like, the way that he's supposed to. I mean, I think the show is doing a really good job paralleling the two of them as, like, the people who were chosen by the respective um, divine and demonic, and, like, it's messing both of them up and, like, pushing Mm -hmm. them further apart from each other 
et cetera, et cetera. I like, I think it's very good. Sickos. Sickos. <laughs> like in yeah. the first scene in the cold open, um, Sam accuses Dean of being self-righteous. Like there's such good tension in this storyline. Mm-hmm. Season four, when it hits. So true. And like, I guess also the further wrinkle there is like, Sam was also kind of chosen by heaven, but not in a way that uh, anyone expected, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about later, but is is fun to me. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm going to say it. The season five, the, the five season arc is good. Maybe Mitch was right. <laughs> yeah. He does lose out on a lot of very great characters, but if you Listen, stop at later season five, episodes are more is a good fun. show. But seasons one through five is like they told the story they wanted to tell and it slaps. Is uh-huh. it full of like, you know, elements of the time, all the misogyny and racism and homophobia that we have pointed out consistently? Like, yeah, of course it is. There's a lot of the show that is bad, but the story is good. Yeah. Yeah. This is this is the, the conundrum of Supernatural. <laughs> either it's good. It's literally the epic highs and lows. It's literally either yeah. the, the best show you've ever <laughs> thought of or the worst show you've ever fucking seen in your life. And either way, it fucking lives in your head rent fucking free. It's insane. It's infectious. If you are one of the people who have heard of like the craziness of Supernatural and you were like, I mean, I don't really get it. I don't care. Um, first of all, you're not listening to this podcast, so I don't know who I'm talking to, but also, like, who are you? Mitch. Literally Mitch. I respect the hell out of him, but I, I don't know how he managed to avoid it, and I think, actually, no, I do. It's because he stopped watching it season yeah. five. Yeah, we're not even there yet. Like, I mean, we're getting there, but it's, uh, <sighs> like we, season got, five, we got so you, much more to go. You didn't even get to, like, real Destiel. No. Well, no, that's exactly every single time me and Mitch talk about it. He brings up this person on Twitter he talked to who's like, why did you stop at season five? There's hardly any cast. And he's like, yeah, we're watching Supernatural for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, which and is he's fair. Like, That's valid, like, if you just watch them for, for the story, then like season one through five is where the story is good and ends. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas if you continue if- watching, then the story becomes the Dean show and the Destiel show. And then yeah. like season four and five are recontextualized as early Destiel instead of not Dustiel. Instead of yep. yeah, if, instead of like this, what was supposed to be a self-contained story? The gravity of Dustiel is inescapable. We are all so valid in so our own true. ways of interacting with supernatural. I am. When I, we talk I about genuinely... next episode. Oh my god. <laughs> the more I know, the I know the anime doesn't do the whole like five. I'm actually I'm very curious how the anime ends if it doesn't do the whole five season arc. But, like, I, I feel like I'm very excited to do that, to go back, because then we can use that as, like, a springboard to talk about the way the gravity of the future, like, affects the past. Uh-huh. Like, the, the earlier seasons recontextualized. I'm yeah, excited to now... be where you two are later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, sorry, I was wrong. The They talk about the, um, the... Oh, I guess they talk about the... This conversation is split. They talk about the ecological disaster prior, but then they talk about the school shooting after the mm-hmm. Sam scene. But yeah, but yeah, they're like the seals are breaking fast. Um, Bobby's like, they talk about whether or not it's better to. There's a lot of stuff in this episode about what is more important, like the state of Sam's like <laughs> mortal soul, basically, versus like saving the world. Mm-hmm. Um, which is interesting. Yeah, these epi- these two episodes back to back are very concerned with the trolley problem, uh, where the yeah. question is, what if it was your loved one on the first track? Yeah, 
Yeah, Dean says, sacrifice Sam's life, his soul for the greater good. Is that what you're saying? Times are bad, so let's use Sam as a nuclear warhead. Bobby says, look, I know you hate me for suggesting it. I hate me for suggesting it. I love that boy like a son. Like Ooh. a son. All I'm saying is maybe he's here right now instead of on the battlefield because we love him too much, which is interesting. <sighs> I don't know how I feel about that The line. phrasing of battlefield, fascinating. Yeah. Like, the we, we've already seen that, like, heaven and hell um, conceptualize this as a war. Um, but they're they're agreeing to the metaphor, which is not really a metaphor because they really are going to kill each other. Um, yeah. And the phrase, we love him too much, like, okay, Bobby, don't love that from you. Yeah, okay, yeah. It's a little, like, uh, words are hard. It's a little, um, like, valorizing, I guess, or like, oh, it's so hard that we're doing this. Like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, I feel like it's it's indication of the way that Bobby is like in many ways he's better than John, obviously, but he's still of the same yeah. type. You know, he's like still he's of the, of the culture. Yeah. Vaguely the same generation as he older than John, probably. Um I think so, yeah. But he's still in that same cast of like manly men who is in the hunter community, etc. He's a father figure to them. He's going to express love in these masculine, um, quote unquote masculine in like this very, you know, Americana whiteness mm -hmm. um patriarchy all of those things that are like tied together in this expression of masculinity and so like he'll say i love him like a son but he also says like well we love him too much mm -hmm. yeah i was just gonna say jim beaver in this era like is is one of those types of guys who could be 40 or 60 or like anywhere in between he has a very like evergreen like middle-aged face he's like sir patrick stewart well, Pat I mean, Patrick right Stewart now, now is looks 71 old, years but... old. What? Jim Beaver today is 71 years old. What the okay, fuck? Okay, so he was like, um, <laughs> Hello? he was like late 50s when he, like right now. Um, math is hard. And currently, oh, no, he Dean, was, like um... right now, Jeffrey Dean Morgan is 56. So Holy shit. Yeah, he was 15 uh, years between their actors. He is, uh, he is 59 um, right now. Yeah. So he's actually quite a bit older than John is. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I hesitated to say same generation because he's, you know, 15 mm -hmm. years up. That's like kind of the next, mm -hmm. the previous generation. But Well, we also don't know. We also, don't know Bobby's defining generations is, is very Beaver's fuzzy anyway. Age. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. like it's a continuum. Yeah. Wait, what? Jim, Jim Beaver went to school with Frank Beard from ZZ Top? <laughs> Wild. Yes, anyway. say things. <laughs> The only thing I know about ZZ Top is the um, Calvin and Hobbes strip where he says he's going to grow a beard. And his the, mom's uh, like, sure, go for it. If I remember correctly, oh, I guess he has one now. There, I, I think, yeah, the everyone in ZZ Top has a big old beard except for Frank Beard who doesn't. That's the thing I know about Frank Beard. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> he's the one who doesn't have the beard. Shit. Incredible. He has one now, but in the, in the, in the olden days, he just had a mustache. <laughs> um can we get back anyway, to supernatural yes <laughs> so sam is sitting cross-legged in the center of this room it's like uh, the best shot of sam ever made it's the he's looking shot. up at the ceiling he's lit in white from above so he's like glowing very, very similar shot. to how um jimmy novak was glowing when Cass possessed him so like mm -hmm. the same invocation of holiness it's so fucking good it's so good it's the sam shot yeah i'll put that we'll put that in the refs i have it here around 9 uh, 30 yeah great shot mm -hmm. poor sam mm -hmm. and then mary shows up and then mary shows up Bye. and uh 
Sam, buddy, you got problems. <laughs> he has Very so much. many problems. This will make no sense to anyone other than Emma and, well, this won't make sense to Wyatt. It'll make sense to everyone else, but it's this is specifically targeted towards Emma and okay. Gabe. This is deadbeat mom Mary beginnings. Hmm. Okay, that's fair. I don't agree, but I see your point. <laughs> um, my note actually says, and this is only because of season 12, trans people will confront their moms. So true. <laughs> like this speech. Oh. Uh, my note is the um, comparis comparison between um, revenge and justice. Yeah. Sam says for revenge, Mary says no for justice, which is interesting to me. The, um, you know, the, the, the difference between revenge and justice is a, is a long storied uh comparison slash um uh like dialectic in fiction yeah mm -hmm. i saw a really good analysis of hamlet once cannot remember where i saw it unfortunately but it was like the moment that hamlet refuses to kill claudius sorry this is probably a little bit more of a deep cut than i think but no um, do it I, when when claudius is hamlet. praying and hamlet refuses to kill him because he doesn't want claudius to go to heaven um like that's where he crosses the line between justice and revenge because justice would just be avenging his father um mm -hmm. and killing him and because he refuses to do it you know in ways that would not specifically punish claudius yeah um that crosses the line into revenge and that's where it crosses over into becoming a tragedy because like it was, it was a really good that's I mean, good analysis brain yeah that's that's a very mm -hmm. clear like and uh good uh specific example of the difference i think mm -hmm. yeah which is why I brought it up. So this here, Sam yeah. is like for revenge, and Mary says no, that this is justice. Um, but she doesn't like explain what a distinction would be, like what that would mean in terms mm -hmm. of like why that should make a difference. It is insane to me that Sam hallucinates his mother to justify mm -hmm. his actions to him. Uh huh. This coming this after... mother he doesn't know who died yeah. when he yep. was a yep. baby. Yeah. Thinking about how Dean is like, I I know she would want me to be brave. Tell myself that every day. <sighs> there's a... Is this... A, no, this wasn't last week. This was two weeks ago. There's a um, Malazan line I wish I could quote, like, from memory. I, like, I... I have it written down somewhere but it would be too hard to find that's like the that goes into the nature of like how the living are weighed down by what they think the dead would want and i think about that line all the time Ugh. Ugh. like wasn't it it was like two episodes or two weeks ago one of those um yeah two episodes ago in 419 where sam says dad's dead yeah <laughs> Mm -hmm. the, and yet um, he has no problem summoning the ghost of his, the mental ghost of his mother to justify his. Well, I mean, he's not doing that on purpose, or like no. it's a weird demon blood hallucinations. But yeah, I know what you mean. Drawing on his subconscious um, to convince him. I was also going <laughs> to say, it's me, it, boy. Like, it, the demon blood inside <laughs> it's your me, brain. Boy. <laughs> um, the thing I said also goes both ways because the living also foist their expectations of the dead upon them. It's a like never-ending cycle of like assuming this person who isn't here anymore would want you to do this mm -hmm. when they yeah and on that note like yeah. this is very clearly like a specific image of mary the same way that that john yeah. would invoke that specific image even though mm -hmm. like he didn't even know his wife because she was a secretly a hunter like the whole like she had an entire backstory that he didn't know about he he knew this very specific image and then he preserved this specific image of her in her nightgown like that's the mary we think about and here she is in her nightgown yep. In, which is bloodied, like we know that she's dead, 
um, mm-hmm. but she's still in like her full face of makeup, which is you know for TV, but also because of this construction of like this particular womanhood and motherhood. Mm-hmm. Beautiful and serene and martyred. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sam's brain has so many problems. He's like, you know what? My mom would tell me that. And I I know he's not doing this on purpose, but in his subconscious, he believes that his mom would tell him, Dean is weak. You, you have what it takes. <laughs> Younger sibling syndrome. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, um, I think Sam says it later in this episode. I, um... I think when they have their confrontation in the motel room, like he says, uh, Dean says, Sam says, I'm being practical here. I'm doing what needs to be done. Dean says, yeah, you're not going to do a a single damn thing. Sam says, stop bossing me around, Dean. Look, my whole life, you take the wheel, you call the shots, and I trust you because you are my brother. Now I'm asking you for once, trust me. Sam wants to be able to make a decision for himself. Yeah. Uh, and be justified in that decision by someone who has the authority. Because if Mary were here and she agreed with Sam and she told Dean, Dean would probably at least hesitate. Yeah. Because of that um, that image of her that John has built up. Yeah, and Dean has always had his actions justified and validated by John because they're the actions that John told him to do. Um, mm-hmm. And so Sam is kind of invoking Mary to balance out that dynamic. And then, and then. Mary kisses his cheek. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Eh. Oh my god. That's his mom. Okay. Now I'm on Cass. Why did <laughs> anything before Cass? Um Yeah, just the I like the 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 combination of like the kiss on the cheek, but the like make my death mean something is just like sticking out in my head. It's mm-hmm. so fucked up and tasty. Yeah. I love it. It's like she is being tender here, but also like you know, she doesn't exist. This is just what Sam thinks and like that combination of like motherly care but also like you need to do this for me yeah she's like interesting he, the way he, he literally just said her. even if it kills me and she doesn't go like no you yeah, matter yeah, take yeah, care of exactly, yourself she says exactly. i'm counting on you don't let anyone sam, stop you <laughs> sam you have depression uh-huh i talked about a while ago the um the uh uh comment like not the combination but the um comparison between like self-sacrifice for the greater good and just suicidal ideation mm-hmm. and the idea that like it, it can be uh, for people who have suicidal thoughts it can be very um uh like freeing to think about the fact that like you know dying for a purpose it's like oh mm-hmm. i can make the world better if like i cease existing or like i can do something that will result in the cease- ceasing of my existence that will make everything better. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's sad. Uh, a, a practical coping response to the way suicidal depression tells you that everything would be better Yeah, if you were dead. Like, it's a way to make that a material reality. Yeah, and of. like an externalization. Yeah. And it hits especially hard in protagonist fiction where, like, he really does have a direct impact on the yeah. state of the world. Mm-hmm. I can't wait until we get to season five, guys. Let's keep moving. <laughs> uh, Castiel. Dean was um, screaming for him for a long time. Two and a yes, half he hours. He's gone hoarse. Love there's when Dean a, is desperate. So true. Uh, there's a light above Cass's head. Yeah, yep. there's like something behind him also that kind of looks like wings. It's yeah. mwah, mwah. Mwah. I love angel imagery. Yeah. Did we say who directed this episode? Oh, I did not. 
because I didn't. It's uh, Robert Singer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so now Just... Mr. Embezzlement is going to learn how to direct. <laughs> Does White even know about I... Bob Singer's embezzlement? No. I don't know if it was ever proven or anything. It's just like I don't think a it's thing been that everyone talks about. So, God, I'm saying this from memory because I don't even know how to find information on it. But basically, Robert Singer's net worth increased exponentially at the same time that Supernatural's uh uh what's it called? The thing that lets you get things uh, that lets you buy things. Their budget. Budget. The, at the same time that Supernatural's budget tanked. Oh, that's so funny. That's there's some like forensic a meme. accounting. Yeah, there's a meme in the fandom that Robert Singer was embezzling. Um, taking a bit off the top. That sounds like defamation for me. Allegedly. Allegedly. Don't come after us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Googling this brings up nothing. And you have to specify Supernatural or you only get the embezzlement scandal that is actually about Rick Singer, who is a completely different person. Um, so I have no sources to back this up. But it is it is something that fans. I saw talk it on about. a Tumblr post once. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just I'm relying on the the collective uh, neuroticism of the Desticule on this one. Gabe, so, you know what to do. <laughs> anyway, the scene. So back to Cass. The yeah, directing Cass. is good. I don't know anything about embezzlement, but I like the yeah. direction in the scene in this episode in general. Um. So Cass says not. It was nothing of import that he was going to say, and Dean says, you got ass-reamed in heaven, but it was not of import. Dean, do you hear the words that come out of your mouth? I know. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of afraid to Google what ass-reamed even means. <laughs> I think it's fairly obvious. Alex, yeah, what does no, ass-reamed mean? It's exactly what you think, according to the quick Google for Urban Dictionary. See, that's what I keep thinking. It sounds like slang for eating ass. No, it that that would be rim. Um... Well, that's, that's, they're like automologically the same. Not the same, but similar. <laughs> Interesting choice of words, though, Dean. You could have just got said chastised. I mean, it wouldn't or hit the same. chewed out. Yeah. Anything in Dean language. Why are you as a man thinking about Castiel's ass? So true. So true. <laughs> um, I love when Wyatt just nods. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, though, Cass goes, Dean, Sorry, I can't. I was... He can't. I was... I was busy trying to find, we keep, I'm doing my best to keep up on, like, actually getting screen caps of the shots we reference in this, because they're oh, good, and yeah, this is the, you can see the, like, he has, like, junk wings, it's great, the aesthetics here are excellent. Urban fantasy can be good sometimes. Um, there's a really interesting phrasing from Cass here, because Dean is like, yeah, he would have to crank up the Hellblood, right, and Dean, Cass says, most likely he would become the next creature that you would feel compelled to kill. He yeah, doesn't say it like, like I'm emphasizing that, that phrase, because well. that is... Some phrasing. That, yeah, that's insane. You would feel compelled. Like, not you would be compelled. You would feel yeah. compelled. And not just you would, you know, feel obligated. You would feel compelled to kill. Like, that is such a fucked up way of thinking about this. Yeah. Not that he is it's compelled, so but, like, he's emotionally unable to resist killing Sam, which is crazy because of everything that we have seen, Dean and Sam. Yeah, there's a type <sighs> of externalization here that like, implies that it is not of Dean's own free will. Yeah. <sighs> Insanity-inducing. Yeah. Also, Cass has his hands in his pockets in this scene. <laughs> There's, like, shadows across his face, which looks pretty cool. He is very grumpy. He's very cold. 
He had to, yeah. he was ignoring the booty calls for two and a half hours. Have you ever tried to ignore booty calls for two and a half hours? I'd be grouchy too. Cass up in heaven, like twirling his hair, like, oh my god, he's still calling me. Um, <laughs> this is. Can we talk about like the the? Is it okay if we talk about the next episode? Like people would have seen it, like presumably. I so mild spoilers, I guess, if you're just listening along. Um, this is not. I mean. They do believe it's Dean's role to stop the apocalypse. He's not lying here, but he is lying by omission in yeah. a way that I really like. Um, and sort of like it, this scene in hindsight is interesting, like attempting to dig into um, Cass's interiority because he never talks about yeah. like we just have to uh, guess from his actions, like how he's feeling. He's quite closed off in these two episodes, um, mm -hmm. but Based on yeah. what he does in the next one, I can assume he's not happy about having to mislead Dean like this, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. which but probably contributes the, somewhat to his grumpiness. Examining the interiority of Cass is fascinating because, like, he was not supposed to have any on a textual level and a metatextual level. Like, he was just supposed mm -hmm. to be one of the angels. Um, and then, like, next episode happens. Well, I mean, I'm I, not saying, like, oh, okay. I can't speak for what happens in the writer's room and at what point they decided to make specific decisions. So I'm going to stick to talking about this on the textual level for now. But like the way that, you know, he was starting to get too close to the humans in his charge and got dragged off to heaven and came back and suddenly he's, you know, you're a dick these days. Um, mm -hmm. and he's being all cold and distant um, and not answering when Dean calls and, you know, doing as he's expected to. And so we don't, we, we see that, like, Cass is not supposed to have an interiority, textually. Like, mm -hmm. he was feeling things, and he is not supposed to feel things, and now he is not feeling things, except he kind of is. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the born-again Christian who argued with my dad for eight hours on Xbox Live, uh, who said that <laughs> God doesn't lie, God tells untruths. Okay. Wow. Sorry, I was just thinking about Cass not, like, lying by omission, and I was like, yeah, We've talked about this before, God I'm glad untruths. this story came up again. Yes, Yeah. <laughs> It was during the same that's conversation. A, that's a great line. Shoutouts to that guy. <laughs> um. Anyway, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, I mean, this is like, um, it's a classic character arc thing of having mm -hmm. a character go through a like revelation that would change them, uh, and then have them like backslide at the last moment, Zuko! like during the like climax slash finale, but then like the backslide also is like pushed away at the last minute. Like, it's nothing new, but it's good. Like, it is done it's effectively. Tasty. Yeah, the thing I was going to say is I feel like the moment where we are let into Cass's interiority, like, most specifically, is on the head of a pin, which is the Cass episode. Mwah. The Cass episode. The so Cass true. episode. Um, But right after Dean says, God, you're a dick these days, we, like, hold on Cass for a bit. And, like, he's still very flat-faced, but the fact that he's, you know, the center of the camera implies that he's having thoughts about that line. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the the show in general has done a good job making us like want to think about Cass's interiority. Mm -hmm. That's my guy. Cass, they've created a compelling character. Yeah. Yes, which I I always love a character who uh, is part of a you know uh, I can't think of the word now, but like the Borg or the Eldrazi or yes, um, like a a um like a hardline collective. Yeah, a part of a collective that finds individuality. It's Mwah. Yeah, I love it. He's got to toe the line. He's got to follow the word of heaven. Yeah, a kiss for Cass. Mwah. 
Mwah. So Mwah. true. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the like vows that he makes Dean say. Uh... Um he says you give yourself over wholly to the service of God and his angels and it's holy with a W but it does sound like the word holy without a W which slaps mm-hmm. yeah um and he's giving Dean like this pleading emoji face while he says all this yeah I... and then Dean well, what says was that for? um he says to serve God and you guys yeah um and Cass says you swear to follow his will and his word as swiftly and obediently as you did your own father's God, John so Dean, Dean says, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and then, oh, yeah. Well, like, the, mm, okay, so obviously there's the, you know, the, the most basic straightforwardness of this line, which is that, you know, Dean treated his father the way that religious people treat God. Um, but also, like, Dean didn't, or at least doesn't, have that straightforward relationship of, like, he hears orders and he does them, you know? Like, he has had moments of not obeying. So this specific swear, he has now sworn to follow God as swiftly and obediently as he did John. Um, oh, ho, ho. Hmm. Loopholes. <laughs> what I find interesting is why do, the, why do the angels have to extract an oath from him? Like, I don't, it just, it might be, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. Um, it might be just because... Not in a bad way, but I just want to know, they, like, metaphysically like, want why. to get his word because of some, like, honor bullshit. Um, or it might be more along the lines of, like, the way that angels need consent to enter their vessels. Mm-hmm. Wild. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, so at the end of this scene, they're just standing there, right? Cass says, you know, we'll call on you when it's time. And they just stand there, continuing to stare into each other's eyes from a foot away while the camera, like, swoops like, so back and up. Uh-huh. It's and so like, okay, they wanted to hold the shot, but like they are just standing there and he looks at uh-huh. me and I look at him for like a solid minute. <laughs> like, what was the point of that? It's... Are you going to kiss or what? Yeah. Two, bo- two dudes standing in a junkyard five feet apart because they're not gay. They're not even close to five feet apart. They're like a foot and a half, maybe. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Like, why? Does that make you go, hmm? Anyway, uh, Dean does break eye contact, but at the end of the shot. For some reason, I have season eight, question mark, question mark, question mark. Is that about Sam? Oh, yes, it is about Sam. Okay, then we can't talk about that next. Yeah, no. It's a a visual. It's a surprise tool that will help us later. Um, So we get a quick shot of Sam having a bad time. And then back to Bobby and Dean. And Bobby refers to agreeing to help the angels as willingly signing up to be the angels bitch, which I hate a lot. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and Dean gives him a look, and Bobby goes, "I'm sorry, you prefer sucker, you prefer which sucker. is hysterically funny. The politics of this are so weird." Sarah Gamble, yeah. what are you talking about? Yeah, mm-hmm. I love this next Dean line. Um, I've never trusted them less. I mean, they come on like shady politicians for Planet Vulcan. He's such a nerd. He's such a nerd. It's so true, though. I bet he's only seen the Wrath of Khan. <laughs> you are wrong textually, but we'll get. Oh, to I'm that. wrong. Okay, cool. <laughs> How dare you doubt Dean's nerd boy credentials? <laughs> Fucking why I'm gatekeeping no, over not, here. I'm not doubting his nerd boy credentials. I'm just like you know when you live life on the road, it's hard to catch. Like I guess I guess he could have. Um, he doesn't have a day job. He can go to the theater whenever he wants. Right, saw... but 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 Star Trek doesn't air in the theater. I saw like he doesn't have of... like a VCR. Like he can't tape episodes, so he would only have be able to catch it when it's on. 
Listen, I saw most of uh, Star Trek The Next Generation out of order uh, purely because it was That's on true. BBC America no, you're right, at 9pm right. every night and I would leave the TV on when I went to bed. You're right. I bet I bet he like watches episodes completely like out of order, out of context, just like when they come Which, on TV. Which Star Trek that. is a lot easier to yeah, follow out of, out of order because there's not a whole lot of like overarching stuff. Most it depends on the Star Trek, but original Star Trek for sure. Yeah, and I would say the next generation. I can't speak to DS9 and um, the TNG has yeah. plot arcs, but they are fairly broad, and there's lots yeah. of there is a really good episodes. analysis of this because obviously Star Trek comes up a lot in this book. Um, in Textual Poachers, which I've been reading, it's a book published in 1992, analyzing fandom. Um, and so obviously it talks a lot about Star Trek, and um, one of the things it mentions is the way that like it's primarily an episodic show, even though it has a serialness to it, in that it has arcs. Um, and so, like, it takes, you know, um, quote-unquote real fans to actually care about the Order um, as a way of, like, analyzing character development. Whereas if you're just in it for, like, and then they went to a planet, it doesn't matter what order you go in. Um, so that was fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. I think Dean has a crush on Q. <laughs> that is all. Um, anyway, <laughs> the reason I brought up the uh, the Vulcan line specifically is um because now that I think about it, Cass and uh Cass and Dean do have a fairly <laughs> Spock and Kirk style relationship. Oh my god, you're just getting this? I love you. Yeah, no, I mean I never I never thought about it before. Like I I never oh god, had reason to think about it. Okay, that's fair. They were like they're two separate things in my head. It's the autism but... and the bi. Yeah, exactly. Like they they are very similar character uh, archetypes in that way, uh, which makes which like considering that is one of the most famous uh, like canon and or uh, like fan uh, pairings of all time. Uh, I first learned the term slash from my mother, and yeah. the the example she used was Spurk. So, so like, like that was literally where the word comes from. Yeah. Yeah. So And this was what I was like knee deep in the Homestuck fandom. Supernatural. Slash was not what we used. Do you use X? No, we just had ship names. Okay, fair enough. Um Ericat. <laughs> I can't remember the Gamsey tablet. Um in season thirteen, Dean is going to refer to Jack as Mr. Spock. Um, which I'm gonna count as a win for Spock cast because Dean is just a, a, Jack is just a little cast. Stop, you can't spoil that. I love to know nothing. Um, Wyatt doesn't know who Jack is. I, yeah, I didn't say anything. Anyway, I was, yeah, this show continuing along a long-standing tradition. I was I calling him cast-coded. I did song. not say anything. Mm. I will anyway. not be attacked for this. Do not pay attention to the small man behind the curtain. Anyway. <laughs> it's a finale, okay? It's going to be long. <laughs> uh, so so uh, Sam is having his seizure. Sam yeah. is under attack by his own blood. Yeah. Yep. It's sick. Like, we see his, like, blood, like, we see his veins turn black and, like, crawl up along his face. And, like, his seizure involves him, like, psychically throwing himself. Or, like, his blood Yeah, I thought there was a demon in there him. throwing him against the wall. Yeah. And I was like, how could a demon get but into no, the panic room? But no, it's himself. The, there is a demon in there. It's his blood. Yeah. It's me, boy. The demon blood. Yeah, it's great. Like, it's very we cool floored. to see this, like, part of himself, like, rebelling against the rest of his body. I think it mm -hmm. really, um... 
I it, love it when you're under attack by your own body. Yeah, well, I mean, it really contextualizes the fact that this is like an alien force that he is putting inside of him, you know? Like, it's not his Venom. blood. Like, Same he has demon special. blood I'm in him. I'm under attack from my own body right now. Yeah, well, <laughs> yes. Shut up, allergies. But, <laughs> but it is, um, it is, uh, I think it clarifies the fact that this is a force that, um, he is putting into himself is what I mean. Mm-hmm. And, like, they are so often aligned, but here they are not, and here it is rebelling against him, and that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that a demon's presence inside of a body corrupts the blood. And presumably, once the demon leaves said body, the blood goes back to being human blood. It's just, it's interesting mm-hmm. to me that a supernatural force inhabiting, I mean, this gets, this is something that is very common throughout Supernatural. Um, But it's just interesting to me on a metaphysical scientific level of like how the presence uh, of a demon in your body like actually changes its physical makeup in a way that like demon blood is entirely different uh, from uh, human blood. Yeah. Yeah. And has like corruptive powers. Yeah. And we've talked about how like the logistics of demon blood don't, make strict sense no but they don't for vampires either like yeah no exactly like he's he got the demon blood in him from putting it in his mouth so like presumably he would then digest it and so apparently whatever it was got into his bloodstream through digestion yeah um and like what then it just strengthened in him he had like a few drops of blood in his mouth as a baby and then it took him until he was what twenty seven? Nope, he's not twenty seven yet. I was thinking of Dean. Um, whatever. His in his twenties, activated right? They didn't develop yeah. over time. Like everyone's powers were activated at the same time. I guess, yeah. Which makes you wonder if he had just, for whatever reason, started drinking blood, drinking demon blood before <laughs> that time. <laughs> yeah, for whatever reason, <laughs> for just fun. Get it really into drinking. Just demon to try blood. it. Just, just to try. In case, just to give you it know. a shot. He's just at a really weird party. <laughs> Yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes it'd be that way. Um. Anyway, yeah, so also, Dean, I w- Dean I w- Bobby. I, oh, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, I, I want to... Uh, before this happens, also, uh, Dean's like, you hear that, and Dean says, what if he's faking? And Bobby's like, you think so? And Dean says, I think he'd do anything, which is... Oh, oh Dean. Yeah, which is Dean. when Sam gets flung across the room, and Bobby yeah, and goes, Bobby that, says, ain't that ain't faking, which is yeah. pretty funny. It is pretty funny. But, like... Dean, he's your brother. Yeah, the the complete mm-hmm. loss of faith in him is so sad. Yeah. Um, while they're holding Sam down to try to restrain him, Dean goes like zoned out where he's miserably staring at Sam and like he like he is holding him down and helping Bobby in that, but he's not responding to what Dean says to what Bobby says yeah. for a bit. He disassociates for a he's, sec. He's like, Oh, this is awful. I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. When you're a whole ass per- dissociating. Yeah, he's staring at Sam, who's, like, snarling and, like, practically foaming at the mouth. It's bad. I mean, yeah. like, in a way that is good as a story, but it's bad for them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Bad for my feels. Yeah. And then we get uh, fake Dean. Or yeah. Dean, we don't know at first it's Sammy fake Dean. It is yeah. revealed that it's fake Dean, which is really good. Um, there's, like, an over-the-shoulder Sammy... shot where um, Sam is still, you know, restrained to the bed and dean is like standing over him and we see from behind dean um in a way that makes them both look really small and then we get the same shot where dean is not in it so we know that he was fake yeah Mm -hmm. i'm glad that sam gets to realize that this was a fake dean it would be sad to me if he thought this conversation was was a thing that really happened 
Well, we have next episode's voicemail. We do have next episode's voicemail. Uh, I suppose there is a version of that still, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, the contrast between, like, tight shots and, like, zoomed out shots in this um cell, like, they're really making the most of um this specific set. Yeah. Uh-huh. There's some, like, weird, like, unsettling close shots where, like, it's very tight and maybe a little fisheye or something. There's, like, something off about the shot, um, which I know is used for an unsettling effect, but I hate it anyway. Like, I get the effect <laughs> yeah, that it's going for, I, and I um, don't like the effect. I think uh, I know the one point. you're talking about. It's, like, when Dean leans in really close. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it happens again later. Like, they keep using... Robert Singer keeps using this method. And I think at one point, when Dean starts yelling at Sam, his voice gets a little bit, like, reverb. Yeah. Bouncing around in his skull. Yeah. Because there was also a little bit of reverb on, like, Azazel's voice when we used to see him in, like, seasons one and two. Mm-hmm. I just like it when they do voice effects. So let's talk about what Dean's saying. Yeah. <sighs> Dean says, why did you do this to yourself? Oh. Gilalith, the big excuse. And then we get the revenge vengeance thing, or uh, revenge justice thing again. Like, yeah, Dean's what, like, revenge, there's no right? point Sam's in revenge for course. getting me sent to hell because I'm no longer in hell. So yeah. like, why bother? And Sam goes, it's about stopping the apocalypse. Which and is Dean not, says, that's that's not revenge. That's about doing a thing. That's a separate goal, separate, Sam. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Dean says, God picked me, man. Ugh. Holding that over his head. Ugh. My gig, I'm not God's yours. special little boy. Yeah. Which is nice because at this point we, as an audience, already know that this is not real, Dean. Um, and yeah. which is is good because it otherwise it would feel wildly out of character because Dean has said things like, "I don't even like getting singled out at birthday parties." Yeah. Um. So the fact that we know that this is fake, Dean, means we can pick up on those out of character clues and be like, "Ah, I see." Yeah. The way it's simultaneously this like huge burden, but also a mark of Dean's purity and by comparison sam's corruption is really good yeah the same way that um dean views you know his insider knowledge of john's plans when they were little john or like the truth about hunting um Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. this burden Mm -hmm. as like this you know weight that he has to carry um whereas sam saw it as like privileged insider information um so again Mm -hmm. like sam wishes that he could have been picked by the angels because it would prove that he's good uh, whereas Dean is you like, I don't want to have to do instead. this. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Love yeah. competing needs. Yeah. Yep. Um, back upstairs with real Dean. Um, Bobby says, you know, are we sure we're, we're doing the right him. thing? We're yeah, killing him. Yeah, that's what I was him. talking about earlier. With, like, yeah. The show is like, but yeah, Wyatt this isn't working. An- analyze this part where he says cold turkey isn't mm-hmm. working. Sam's not going to last. And Dean says, I won't give him any more demon blood. And Bobby says, if, and if he dies, and Dean yells, at least he dies at human. At least he dies human. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yep. Dean. Yep. This monster-human divide. Yeah. Like, the the question of, is it better to have a version of Sam that isn't, that may or may not actually be Sam, the way that, you know, Vampire Gordon may or may not have been real Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, is it better to have that or to have no Sam at all? And Dean literally went out and got a deal that would kill him when he lost Sam the first time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then panicked because he was worried that what he brought back might not have been 100% real Sam. Yeah. Like, he's willing to die for Sam, but only if it's actually Sam. And if he's not human Sam, then mm-hmm. it's okay to kill him instead. He'd rather let Dean die or let Sam die uh a human than 
have to carry out those orders from John that he'd either have to save him or kill him. Like, it would be better to just passively let Sam die than to actively kill him for his own good, quote-unquote. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The implication that, like, real human Sam would want to be killed rather than become mm-hmm. less than human. Yeah, and just yeah. taking that autonomy and that choice away. Because, quote-unquote, he can't, like, he's not himself right now. Yeah, he, can't he can no longer be trusted himself. to make that decision of whether it's really him. Which is really, like, a source of good horror or, you know, mm-hmm. confrontation of a loved one where they try to convince you that it's really them and you have no idea if you can believe them. Like, that's yeah. tasty. Mm-hmm. And then we get uh, more of fake Dean talking to Sam, um, which, like, reveals more about Sam's own interiority and, like, what he fears about himself. Because Dean's like, I know why you drink that blood. It makes you feel strong. So I'm like, no, you're wrong. And uh, Dean says, because your whole life you feel different. Am I right? And Sam says, stop in the way that's like, I don't want to hear this. Um, and yeah, it's like, you were always a monster, like Sam, the, the, this is really where like our method is paying off in terms of like the closer readings we've done of this show. Like the, the, um, Sam as freak, uh, Mm -hmm. metaphor here is like, it was always there. Like him as a kid, like that, that, um, episode with them at school is becoming more and more like textually rich, uh, Mm -hmm. in terms of like. This isn't any, de- or de- as Dean says, and as like Sam thinks about himself in his darkest moments here, is like his demon stuff is no different from like the way he was like a lonely weirdo kid in school. Like it's he all is, connected. it's all connected. Yeah, there's something inherently wrong with yeah. him. There's something inherently evil about him that makes him an outsider no matter what. Yeah, he yeah, wants which so is... desperately to be normal, and he's so scared that he not only won't get it, but can't get it. Yeah. He's convinced that he can't get it. Yeah. I mean, heaven and hell both agree with him, the plans for him. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't know that, but he knows that the angels think he's an abomination. Yeah. I don't know if it's in a previous season or in a later season. I genuinely can't remember, but Sam says something about like, oh no, it's in season seven, I think. Never mind. I will not. uh, Is it the Galahad thing? We'll talk about it. What? Is it the Galahad thing? I think that's eight. I have no idea. But I haven't seen either of those seasons, so I don't know. (laughs) It's the trials. I still think that's eight. I don't know. I thought that led into eight. I Anyway, I don't know how many times I can say that I don't know. It's like 2012 for me. Where we are right now, um, it says you only feel right when you're sucking down more poison and evil, which is to say you are always a freak and a monster and you only feel like who you inherently are when you are embracing that. Mm-hmm. Which like, and the fact that Fake Dean is saying this to him means that this is what Sam is scared of inside himself. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, we talk all the time about the shows, uh, like monsters being a like inherently evil category of being, and like mm-hmm. they are that is what they are inherently. And like Sam, like as as bad as that is, the juxtaposition here, like the fact that the show has set that up so as to juxtapose this person who we know isn't a monster in the same category, um, like worried that he is. That that is like interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like he's so worried about being evil, but he doesn't take that as a sign that he isn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he it takes that monster human divide and uses it and turns it back on the protagonists. Yeah, which is good. If you're going to have that sort of uh, binary, you should be able to reflect it on the people who are enforcing it. 
because it's just tasty narratively. Um, also, it gets to the question of how you define evil. Because, like uh -huh. we said, if monsters are yes. categorically evil, then, like, I guess you're saying something about, like, the nature of, like, some kind of inherent morality. Um, but Sam has a moral code that just gets fuzzier the more demon blood he has. <laughs> so, like, he's becoming more aligned with what we would think of as evil. He's more willing to hurt people, for example. Um, but it's... So it's it's juxtaposing this idea of, like, he is becoming more... Like, he is being evil. He is... It's hard to put this in a verb because I want it to not be a verb. Like, as he gets more demon blood, he is more evil. Um, and along that, at the same timeline, the same pace, he is doing more evil. He is hurting mm -hmm. more people. He is willing to do things to vessels that they wouldn't have done earlier. Yeah. Um, and it's more that the things that he's doing are signals of what he's being mm -hmm. rather than defining what he's being. Yeah. Yeah, it's like first order, like the evil is within him first, thus evil actions are done, not yeah. the evil is within him because the evil actions are done. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. it's not that he's doing evil things and therefore we can call him evil. It's that he is evil and therefore and thus is doing evil doing things. Evil. Yeah, which is which, the, to which prove is the morality, to us that he's evil. Which we talk about this all the time. Like that is the morality of the show. The show is at its mm -hmm. heart like deontological. What is in you... Uh, yeah, um, what is in you matters more than what you do. Yeah, and, like, there are select, like, mortal sins that cross that line between human and monster. Um, like, there are certain things that people who are not necessarily categorically monsters do that make them worth hunting. Um, like the benders or witches, for example, who are human, but do monstrous things and are turned into monsters in the in the um the paradigm of the show I yes sense. <laughs> i think like and you could it's sort of up in the air slash you can argue about whether or not like that was in them the whole time uh in the same mm -hmm. way that you can with sammy but but yeah i yeah, guess it does like, have were that. they born evil yeah. or like did something were they always destined to be this thing? This is just um, like the beginning of Wicked the Musical. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, Sam should yeah, go to it's Broadway. It's that question of like... <laughs> Sorry. It's like the question of, you know, nature versus nurture and like inherent sin mm -hmm. and um, also destiny and free will. Yep. It all comes That's full circle, it's you all, guys. It's all, it's all what it is. It's yep. all about the question of free will. Always was. Always has been. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this monster conversation continues. I just want to get to the rest of the lines here. Yeah. Which is still fit into this um, discussion. Yeah, that's why uh, I said speaking Fake Dean says, you were always a monster. And like immediately after that, we see real Dean saying, I won't let my brother turn into a monster. Cut yeah, back to Fake Dean saying, monster, Sam, you're a monster. And I tried so hard to pretend that we were brothers, that you weren't one of the filthy things that we hunt, but we're not even the same species. You're nothing to me. Whew. And then Sam is like, you know, rattling his chains and pleading don't say that to me don't you say that to me don't you say that to me really gets me because like yeah. steen is all that sam has sorry yeah. bobby mm -hmm. yeah yeah then uh then castiel lets him out yep yeah i i the scene where he's lurking under the stairs is really funny it's so funny <laughs> it's so funny he's just a little creature 
Yeah. Oh, I forgot to note. Um, fake Dean. I think fake Dean is like even lower voiced. Like he's he's all the way down there. Yeah. Jack Dean Joyce's. Yeah. The masculinity. <laughs> At the point where the cuffs pop open, I was just saying to Aids how this is just a character study of Sam with no plot. Um, and then I was like, oh, plot is happening. Plot yeah. And that <laughs> episode immediately becomes like, less interesting the moment the plot starts happening. Yeah. Once like, Sam can, is out of his box, can... like once yeah. he's sneaking around again, I'm like, we've seen this. Yeah, we could probably move through the rest of this episode at a bit of a clip here. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do want to say there is, like, an interesting parallel uh, with, like, sneaky angel telepathy in the same way that Uriel's uh, did his mm-hmm. sneaky alien telepathy um, to the point where the circle is damaged in the same way, right? If I remember well, correctly, they got Sam in a circle, and doesn't Bobby, like, look at it, and it's been... It's, it, like, it's been scraped broken. through, yeah. basically. Yeah. Um, whereas yeah. when Uriel did it, it drips water Oh, I guess it. Sam... I guess it's because Sam stepped on it, but still, there's, like... It might have There's just still been a Cass parallel there. No, I think I think Cass. I think uh, he did it to frame Ruby. The demon traps. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well. I love bye. how the only ones concerned about not uh, leaving fingerprints are just doing it telekinetically. <laughs> <laughs> I also love watching Cass do telekinesis. Yeah, love when he moves his hands. <laughs> so true. Um. So then he goes to talk to. Well, he doesn't go talk to Anna. I don't think he summoned her or anything, but he's standing there. He's got a bunch of street lamps over he's, him, which is always fun. Uh, yeah. He's brooding down at the docks, as I wrote in my notes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you gotta brood down Sometimes at the docks. Dock. And then Anna shows or live up. in a van down by the river. <laughs> also, the the way Sam creeps through the house is really funny. Yeah, he's sneaking. He's got this like Dean and Bobby are sleeping. Bobby's asleep at his desk, and Sandine is on a couch or something. They're little sleepy guys. When you want a midnight snack, you don't want to wake your mom and dad. (laughs) Yeah, so cute. (laughs) Anyway, so Anna shows up. Anna shows Um, up. There's a slow like it's really tight on Cass's face, and like a slow uh, turn over his shoulder. We see Anna. It's it's a fun. Uh, I, I like the way angels always emerge off screen. Mm-hmm. It's like they fun. exist in like nothing space and then just like appear like whenever you're not looking for them. Uh, similar to the weeping angels from Doctor Who, yep. I guess. <laughs> they only exist when they are unobserved. Quantum angels. Yeah. So true. It. I obviously it's so that they don't have to worry about like actually figuring out how to film an angel appearing. But it's very good. Yeah, it's a well, good it works. It for works. Me. Yeah, at both levels. Yeah, uh, they have had yeah. like monsters appear and like had effects for it for other things. Like it's a deliberate choice that they did mm-hmm. this, even if it does it's, save the money. How do you how do you capture the like cosmological like? Yeah, and the answer is you. You don't. can't. Yeah, exactly. Or or like that one time. The closest thing we've seen is, is that archangel? one time when Uriel. Well. No, I was about hmm. like a, a an angel actually flying is when Uriel like teleported get in Sam's face right. thing to get yeah um and there was like a a flash of wind but, yeah like we we barely see him like actually move yeah. he was basically it's jumping across the room <laughs> <laughs> um I think the demons also appear in a similar way when we've seen like crossroad demons right they turn around and they turn around that's and they true turn around, that's and as true. soon as they're not expecting it there it is that is true. Um, so Cass sold Anna out. Cass sold Anna out. Because he's yeah, back on he his did. orders. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I guess, like, he says you shouldn't have come, but, like, they've, they've, Anna has, like, 
come to Castiel before and like angels have not been able to like track her or whatever. So it definitely mm-hmm. implies that like Cass has something to do yeah. with the fact that like these well, like yeah. angel orderlies slash cops like show up and grab her. She's under and arrest. He's like you really shouldn't have come. Yeah. Like yeah. it's his way of saying like you've activated my trap card. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Anna existing solely as a as a way to like deliver exposition or have exposition be delivered. Mm-hmm. I feel like she could have taken these two guys. Or I guess well, there's maybe she will. three of them. Maybe. Uh, next up is Sam and Bobby. Sam stealing a car. Bobby not shooting. Yeah, the scene. Sam goes, you won't shoot me, Bobby. And Bobby says, voice Dang breaking. Well. Don't test me. He's he's going for bravado, but he's like clearly shaky about it. It's really yeah. good. I like when men are sad. I like when men are trying to be masculine and just failing. Like, yes, yes. this is such a um, gender performance. <laughs> this is such a um, like stereotypical like scene as written in terms of like person who has gone too far, being confronted by their father figure who is forced to like use a weapon to be like you've gone too far, I'll use this on you, like, our our relationship has shifted. But, like, he's trying to fulfill that role and failing, like, he can't do it. And, like, Sam, like, tests him for it. Like, he does the thing where he, like, goes right up and, like, points the gun against his chest, like, you can't do it. And, yeah, of course he can't. That's his son. Yeah. And then, so then he takes the gun from him and whacks him in the head. And then, like, he, okay, so he throws yeah. the gun down, which is, like, fine. But in order to show us that he has thrown the gun down, Jared, who is very tall, has to, like, lift the gun into frame before he tosses it down, which made me laugh in the middle of this very sad yeah, scene. it is funny. <laughs> yeah, he does, like, lift it all the way up to, like, shoulder He does, like, height. a little help. Like, no higher, Jared, we can't see it. The like, gun the bounces frame, like, we have to, we, The shot's not right. Um... There's a really good, like, close-up on his face, or, like, you see him, like, holding back tears. He's having such um, a bad day. He's not yeah. trying to do anything wrong. He just wants to help, but he's doing yeah. bad things, which scares him. It's like, you know, we it's the Sammy puppy dog eyes, but it's sad. It's, like, super sad puppy dog eyes. Look at those eyes. He's so sad. He's so he's sad. I just want to give him a hug and a cup of hot yeah. chocolate. Sammy is my little meow meow in this episode. Yeah, these two episodes, he's extremely uh, blanketable. And then, yeah, like like we said, they go investigate the uh, room and see the busted mm, double they traps. They decide and, Ruby yeah, must have done it, and they're like, how could she have done it? Oh, maybe she's just that powerful. Yeah, and then Dean's like, on my way to murder the bitch, I'm gonna go kill Ruby. <laughs> There's a very funny, like like reverse psychology thing here it's like bobby's like there's like a subplot bobby's like sam don't want to be fat which means it's gonna be near impossible to find and it goes into like sam being like yeah i took the car that dean wouldn't expect me to take dean's like he took this car and he wouldn't expect me to take this car so he must have taken this car and it's silly It's yeah, it's funny. it really has no teeth to it it's at like all. they're doing the thing of like is, oh I dean do knows like sam way, so well yeah. The, I like sorry. it in the sense that uh, Dean is doing the whole I know the kid thing um, compared to the very end of this episode where Sam says, you don't know me, you never yeah. have, you never will. So like, I like that they have this establishing moment in this episode that Dean does, in fact, know Sam. Yeah, it works. Yeah. It's just slightly belabored in a way yeah. that I was like, yeah, whatever, fine. This is like funny. It's a little obvious. It ends up like it, it ends up being that scene in The Princess Pride. <laughs> yeah, yes. Well, uh, see, the thing is, is it, yeah, it's like. 
on one hand, it would have been funnier if they leaned into it even further, but that's not like the tone of the episode. It's like it yeah, could have. No. It's almost that scene yeah. in the Princess Bride, which is why I think it's funny. They should have dialed it mm-hmm. back slightly to make it even less that scene in the Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, but yeah. So then Sam, Sam and Ruby have a little chit chat. Sam is yeah. before Ruby comes in. Sam is literally just sitting there shaking. My notes call him yeah. shivery purse dog of a man. I need to put him <laughs> in my purse. He is literally a wet. He's literally a wet chihuahua. I almost said wet piranha. <laughs> Bestie, that's what they're supposed to be. <laughs> yeah. He is a cat you have, like, literally just dumped in the water. Yeah. Uh, Sam got the honeymoon suite as part of throwing Dean off yes. his trail. Uh, I, I, I'm going to be vague Mediocre here, but another cast Ruby parallel for no reason. Hmm. <laughs> What the fuck are you talking about? That was a about? really deep cut, but it's fine. I'll I'll be sure to mention it when it happens. Please DM me. It's super minor. It's not even a plot point. Don't worry about it. So Ruby, like Sam's like, Ruby, I've been calling you. And she's like, I've been deep in it. So I can't just, just sit around and check my voicemail, which is big like, yeah, I was ghosting you. I'm not going to confront that <laughs> energy to me. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. You got too needy? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry you're hurting. I had no idea that Dean would do this to you. Ruby's being, like, in the, um, you know, fantasy is always a metaphor for reality in various ways. Like, Ruby here is the, like, um, like, junkie girlfriend enabler type in this scene in a way that I really don't like. I really she don't like Jesse that Pinkman. Ruby... Yes, yes, th- yeah, this is Jesse and, um, Jessica Jones's character... Uh, Jessica, the actress who plays Jessica Jones. Yeah, I can't remember her name now either. Is this about Breaking Bad? Yes. Yes. Okay. Uh, Kristen Ritter. Yeah, this is this is this is Jesse and Kristen Ritter's character in Breaking Bad. Absolutely. Um, in a way that like, you Jane, know, in I got stories it. in stories brain, about like I didn't even look it up. male addicts. This is a very common like character archetype, which is absolutely what Jane is in that show as well. Uh, there are other examples. And it's, I just don't like it. I don't like it. Ruby used to be, like, a character. She is I now basically Ruby just one. a blood bag. Like, I miss Ruby one a lot. Mm-hmm. She Hashtag is... not my Ruby. Yeah. I, I'll talk about this more when we talk about the next episode. But it, And they it, try it, so it, hard to, to like, continue having a personality for her, but it just turns into Dean yeah. coding her by making her say weird lines. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's mm-hmm. Kripke. <laughs> Everyone yeah, says it's... weird lines when Kripke's writing her. She is a different... She is, like, a different character in this episode compared to the next episode in a yeah, way that, Yeah, I think, like, like, it's part of the way that she's... Weird. I mean, spoilers, manipulating him. Um, like, it's... You yeah. know, she's, she's offering a lot of comfort because that's what he wants right now. And so yeah. she's being what he wants to see, what he needs to hear. Um, also playing up, again, the wedge between Sam and Zine. Which I guess could be an explanation to how out of character she is. Um, but I think, like, it's a really, it's a really, like, bad bandage, but I think, like, her, uh, inconsistency as a character could be contributed to her being whatever Sam needs mm-hmm. at the moment to push him towards this, this finale. They've written themselves into a corner with he- with her with this, like, um, betrayal reveal in the next episode. Spoilers, but, like, whatever. Um... I we this has been here the whole time. I have always known that like we've talked about this before. Anyway, um, we tried so hard, but we didn't actually succeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've written themselves into a corner because they want this betrayal to happen and like be surprising. But the more you have Ruby be on screen, the like more likely it is that people are gonna suss that out. You know, 
Uh, mm-hmm. So it's like she just has to be this absent presence who can only exist in this form where she is manipulating Sam. Like we don't get to see her like interiority or her doing things because then we would know that like mm-hmm. she's a traitor. And so she just is like shunted off into the side in a way. Yeah, that but is, they like... get away with it as a narrative decision because of course women are two dimensional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sucks. I don't like it. I also think it's Ruby bizarre. really fails as a character. That, yeah. Um, that like they're talking about Dean and she's like, you know, it's sad that things have gotten this bad between you two. And she, she's like stroking his hair. And then immediately like they segue that into sex. It was so weird. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. okay. It's, they segue that into drinking her blood, which is but, immediately yeah. coded for sex because in the next scene they're wearing a lot less clothing. Yes. There's also like yeah. very little color contrast to this scene. Like everything is it's brown so and gray. gray. It's really brown and gray. Like, even the fire in the fireplace. Oh, wait, no, that's in the next episode. Yeah, next episode, like, I really like how they do it. This episode was just, like, it's gray. It's lots of beiges. Like, what am I looking at? There was a certain camera shot that literally made me put my notes. This episode is so gray. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Dean's hunting him. Um, We get this uh, post-coital conversation about... um, Lilith, which is, yeah, Lilith was the first demon. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That uh, makes me continue to be like, man, they really messed up on Lilith. What a, like, mm-hmm. character who could be interesting and isn't interesting at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I uh, glossed over in my synopsis, um, the, like, premise is that God preferred humans to angels, and so Lucifer got jealous, and therefore he twisted a human soul into the first demon which is what got Lucifer yeah. locked up, which is pretty cool. Like the creation of demons yeah. as the rebellion um, and subsequent fall. Like, yeah, I will it, say it does slap. It's like restructuring mm-hmm. slash retelling of like the Genesis narrative. Mm-hmm. Well, pre-Genesis, no? Well, I guess technically not pre. Haha, <laughs> demons go better. You know what I mean? The, the Adam <laughs> and Eve story, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, Paradise Lost. Yeah, it does, it does slap a little bit. Um, and Lucifer as the the twist on the god figure is, I mean, done very often, but it's still cool, in my opinion. Especially the way Supernatural does it, where yeah. the demons explicitly The demons worshipping Lucifer like is, like, neat. Father. That's not a thing I've seen before. Yeah. I think it's cool. I, 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 we know and we get to talk about, about that more Surely anime episode. has done it before, Wyatt. Um, maybe. Like, that just feels like an anime thing. Yeah, maybe. I haven't seen one that really goes into it like that. Anyway. Um... Yeah, the, the baby chef, stupid, it's stupid, dumb. Yeah. Rolled my eyes so hard at this. It was so dumb. Sam's like a chef. Seriously, what does she eat? And Ruby does like this smirk, like, and she goes, know. "You don't want to know." Cut to cut like to nurses Ward. talking about people stealing babies. I was like, Ugh. I mean, they sure. Do multiple bits in this episode, and the next episode with this actress like calling babies like scrumptious or delicious in the way that like it's people. So it's dumb. so dumb. It's so stupid. It's not even like good dumb. It's just dumb dumb, but it is funny. To be it's fair, so dumb if that it's I were funny. a demon who stealed babies, stole babies, uh-huh. uh, for my demon boss to eat, like I would probably also enjoy making nom nom babies references. Yeah, uh-huh. it's it's the Hannibal Lecter syndrome. Stupid. You have to make stupid, yeah. pro- stupid yeah. puns about your crimes. Yeah. Except Hannibal Lecter does it way better. Also, somewhere in the scene, Ruby calls Lilith a bitch. Yep. Yep. Okay. And Dean tracks them down, and then they have this confrontation. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. One more note yes. for the nurse. Um, yeah. We have this whole conversation where, like, the, these two nurses are talking about how somebody just, you know, kidnapped a baby. Um, 
And one of them is like very clearly reacting in a way that we understand means that she's a demon. Um, and then she like looks over the babies and she goes, yeah, they're just delicious. And then her eyes go black as if yes, we didn't get it already. Yes. It's so funny. I know. I love it when like they take every single opportunity to be like, yes, do the flash the eyes. No. They do it in the next episode with Azazel too. It's like this this is dumb as shit. They don't trust their audience at all. I, it's I hysterical. I don't know if it's... I don't think it's about not trusting. I just think it's like, this is our fun like, demon thing. Cool, like we need. it just feels insulting. I get that. It just, it's just, yeah. It's just, it's not as cool as they think it is. Yes, that's like, there's true. a couple of times where it fucking hits. Season nine, I'm looking at you. Um, mm-hmm. But for the most part... It does not hit. They've, they've, I, I, what I guess I mean to say is, like, they set up a rule that, like, this is what demons do, and, like, they have to keep doing that. Like, it's, this is I the thing that demons do. It just do. made me laugh. No, it's Because it was like, silly. yeah, we like, get it. We got it, I promise. Like, that is the genre of the thing we're watching. Like, I don't, it doesn't bother me. It is funny. Yeah, yeah I just think it's dumb. No. Uh, so then we see Sam prepping, and he says how, you know, he wishes that he, they can fix things after all this. But yeah. meanwhile, his like his hair is all slicked back for some reason. I don't know. He's yeah, in yeah, like yeah, full yeah. on he evil mode and he's back. dressed up. Like what? It's weird. I didn't like it. I don't like and it. His, the, he doesn't have that in the next scene. His hair is back to normal. Why is it like maybe this in this it's, one scene? Maybe it's that he just showered after their sex. Yeah, maybe. It just, it's just so weird. weird. He's dressed again. So I guess that would be it. It was a weird decision. I don't like it. Um, also, yeah, I guess, like, another note, when, when they're, when Dean's driving and talking to Bobby on the phone, um, Bobby's like, us finding Sam, it's gotta be about getting him back, not pushing him away. I know you're mad, you're right, uh, to be, but be good to him anyway, you gotta get through to him. <laughs> Bob- to him Bobby! Anyway. Bobby! And then he doesn't. Then he doesn't. <laughs> Bobby's doing his doesn't. best to be a good dad here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then he walks in on them. Yep. And Dean starts trying to be funny in his very angry way. Um, and Ruby, like, rolls her eyes at him at some point. It's funny. Also, there's a fight, but yeah. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, this, again, we have, like, ugly close shots on their face as they argue. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a random wide shot as Sam tosses the knife on the bed. I don't know. I was not impressed. This episode has a few shots that really slap. And then sometimes it's just like, all right, why would you do that? I guess we can see where the knife lands. Sure. I don't know. Uh, Dean calls Ruby a bitch again. Yeah. And then this conversation. She's poisoned, Sam. <laughs> I mean, Dean's right in this case. Like, Yeah. That's the problem. Dean is always narratively right. Yeah. She was looking for Lilith. That is French for manipulating your ass ten ways from Sunday. <laughs> I love when he doesn't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, Sam, you're lying to yourself. I just want you to be okay. You would do the same for me. You know you would. Yeah. Which is... Um, and Sam says, we'll do this together. Um, Dean says, that's great, as long as it's actually you and me and not Ruby. Um, and, because he he needs her to help him kill Lilith, which is weird. Because, like, no, not really. I mean, she's helping him get demon blood, but she does, he doesn't yeah. actually need her. Whatever. Like any demon. Yeah. I know that the boys need to be alone to talk. Like, I get it. But the way Ruby just flees the scene, hashtag not my Ruby. Yeah, she should have mm-hmm. just stayed there and, like, folded her arms in the back of the room. <laughs> if she's not going to well, say anything, like, fine. But why is she just like, ooh, let me run away? <sighs> Whatever. Sam says, I'm the only one who can do this. And Dean says, no, you're not the one who's going to do this. And Sam says, oh, I forgot. That's right. The angels think it's you. And uh, he doesn't think Dean is strong enough. Yeah. And he says, I'm being practical here. We've already talked about this part because Sam yeah. says, stop bossing me around. 
I'm asking you to trust me. And Dean does not trust him. He says, no, you don't know what you're doing. And Sam says, yes, I do. And Dean says, that's worse. Yeah. He has a point. If you are it's willingly just, doing is... things that you know are bad, that is worse yeah. than doing them not knowing they're bad. Um, but Sam has made the decision that it's worth it. Yeah. And that makes textual the thing that we were just talking about. It's not something you're doing. It's what you are, is what he says. Mm-hmm. You are a monster. He doesn't want to finish the sentence. He goes, it means, and stops himself. Yeah. And Sam like tears in his eyes says no say it which is when dean finally does really say it means you're a monster and so he hits him in the he dean gets a man tear out and then sam punches him in the face yeah and then they punch each other a whole bunch they get thrown through things as per usual sam wins which is i think the first time Mm -hmm. well my voice cracked there i think this is the first time sam has won without like aid of without it being like you know sam was possessed by something or is like it's not actually them. Like, this is in a straight-up fight that they have with each other. I think uh, Sam might have won in Asylum, no? When well, he, yeah, he, was the... he was possessed. Oh, okay, yeah. I was checking my notes. I didn't fully hear the conditions here. <laughs> um, well, this fight has, like, a couple of cool shots in it. They, like, smash into a mirror, which is always fun. Um, there's the mm-hmm. bit where Dean, like, punches the camera and then commercial yes. break for Act 5. Dean punching the camera is so funny. It's very funny. It was used as a reaction meme in, like... Of course it was. You know, peak cringe era. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, I know this shot. <laughs> hey, I've seen this one. Yeah. Um, And then, you know, so Dean is on the floor, and Sam is doing, like, this uh, standing over him and, like, Hulk breathing. I hate when Jared yeah. does this. It's weird. It's so weird. He just goes... <sighs> like his shoulders going up and down i hate it i hate it so much he does like this thing with his jaw i hate looking at it it's upsetting um but this is where he says you don't know me you never did you never will and starts to walk away dean says the john line you walk out that door don't you ever come back and because it's a john line sam walks out dean you are so yep that's the episode Mm -hmm. it was a good episode i will say yeah like I said, the the first half is better than the second half in terms of it's more interesting. Yeah. I I like when it's doing character study stuff more than it's like plot happening because the plot is but of fine. Course, but the pen the penultimate episode yeah. can't just the plot be has to happen. Study. Yeah, of course I know it's the plot needs to happen. It's just the plot is never as interesting as the intercharacter yeah. dynamics. Yes. Okay. Any actor facts for this episode? Nope. Okay. Um, am I forgetting anything, or are we good to go on break? Let's just, let's just, yeah, I'm not even going to do, like, a recap because, like, the recap should come at the very end here. These two episodes are deeply connected to each other, obviously, so. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about the final episode, Lucifer Rising. That was really dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> it's Lucifer Rising. You have to be dramatic. I'm not going to be able to this one. On my wayward son. Yeah, Netflix uh skipped the carry on my wayward How son. How dare it! I know. I well, was that's your fault for clicking watch episode or letting it autoplay. What? I clicked next episode. Yeah, and it skips the recap when you do that because you've just been watching. You have to put it back to the zero mark. What am I supposed to do? You click next episode, but then you manually put it back so you get to watch the recap. Duh. I wasn't paying very good attention. I was playing Spirit. See. 
Um, anyway. My, uh, my first notes here are, carry on my wayward son. I got demon blood in me. There'll be peace <laughs> when you are done. I'm not drinking the demon blood for kicks. Lay your weary head to rest. Smash. Don't you cry no more. Door slam. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what happens in this recap. There's it like is. a pause in the lyrics as yeah. he says the don't come back line. And then the slam on the last note is really good. Yeah. It's a it well edited good editing for AMV. those like five seconds. Anyway, Lucifer Rising. We, it's the fucking finale. Yeah. This was written and directed by Eric Kripke because obviously it's the finale. Yeah. Um, so after that apparently very well edited Carry On My Wayward Son AMV, uh, we get our cold open. We're in a convent in 1972. A priest gets possessed by a demon and then the next day he's leading mass or something. I don't know. I don't know Catholic terms. Uh, we get this explanation of what exactly happened between Lucifer and God and shit. Turns out God put Lucifer in jail and the door to the cage is right here in this convent. And then we see his eyes turn yellow, and we know it's Azazel. And then we cut outside to the hallway, and the nuns are screaming. He's killing yep. them. You know. Uh, and then we cut to Sam and Ruby outside the farmhouse where they're talking. Sam is broody, brooding. Ruby is trying to make him feel better. Then we cut to Dean and Bobby. Dean is brooding. Bobby's trying <laughs> uh-huh. to convince Dean to call Sam, and Dean doesn't want to. They talk about Sam, and Dean feels like Sam's lost forever. Bobby gets pissed and starts yelling at Dean. We'll talk about it. Moral of the story is he tells Dean that he sounds like John, and that Dean's a better man than John was. Then Dean's in a large, beautiful room, and there's Cass. He tells Dean that it's almost time for the apocalypse. Then we cut to the hospital with the possessed nurse we met at the end of the last episode. She's wheeling an infant out of the room. She's about to take the baby away when Sam and Ruby show up and kidnap her. Uh, Back in the angelic green room, Zack and Cass appear and tell Dean why he's here. We want to keep Dean safe before the kickoff of the apocalypse. Dean doesn't want the holodeck bullshit Zack is pitching him, but instead wants to know what's happening, Ari, the apocalypse... Apparently all the seals have fallen, except for one, and apparently the last seal has to be broken by Lilith. Uh, We cut to Sam and Ruby interrogating the possessed nurse. Ruby says Sam needs her blood in order to stop Lilith, and the demon reminds them that there's a woman in there too, and she hands over the wheel to to the the human to make them feel bad. Uh, Dean leaves Sam a sentimental voicemail where he apologizes. This is a surprise tool that will help us later. Yeah. Uh, and then we flash back to the convent with all the dead nuns. Azazel starts praying to Lucifer. This is where Azazel learns that Lilith is the only one who can open the cage and that he must find a special child. We cut to Sam doing research where they find out what happened to the convent. They shove the nurse in the trunk of the car and set out. Back in the beautiful room, Dean asks for Cass. He wants to see Cass, or see Sam, but Cass won't let him. Dean asks if he's a prisoner and Sam says he can go wherever he wants, provided Cass is with him. Dean is now trapped in the room and Cass is gone. We get another conversation between Ruby and Sam, and then back in the green room. Dean's trying to break out, putting a hole in the wall with a little statue. Every time he turns back to it, though, the wall is fixed. Zack shows up, and this is where we find out the angel's real plan. Turns out they don't actually want to prevent the the apocalypse. If you've read or seen Good Omens, it's the same presence. Yep, it is just Good Omens. Yeah. It is just Good Omens. Which, like, I I remember, like, a few, a little bit ago, I was like, I wonder how many of the writers read Good Omens. I think they must have read Good Omens. (laughs) Oh, almost certainly. Um, so it's the same premise as Good Omens. Heaven and Hell want to have a big duke out on Earth for paradise and don't give a crap about all the humans that will suffer and die for the little pissing contest. Dean asks where God is and all this. Zack says simply that God has left the building. Woo! Uh, we cut to St. Mary's convent and there's a night guard on patrol. He turns around and there's Lilith and she's going to kidnap him and presumably do something nasty to him. Back in the beautiful room... Dean tries to call Sam again, but can't. Cass appears behind him, and they talk about what's going to happen, and we see more of this post-re-education Cass. 
We'll probably talk about this conversation line by line, but the moral of the story is Dean breaks up with him and Cass is gone. Uh, back with Sam and Ruby, Sam takes out his phone and listens to the voicemail Dean left. It's definitely not the one we heard Dean record. Hmm. Anyway, Sam drinks the nurse's blood because he's mad. Uh, back in the beautiful room, Cass appears and grabs Dean. They have a moment of very intense eye contact, and then Cass starts making a blood sigil. When Zachariah appears to stop Cass, he eats him away, and then Dean learns that Lilith is the final seal, and they have to stop Sam from killing her. Uh, so they head to Chuck's house, because Chuck will know where Sam is, apparently. Uh, Chuck is hiring an escort service, because he knows the end is nigh. <laughs> um, then when Dean and Cass appear, the Archangel shows up, and Cass tells Dean that they'll hold them off. And then Cass zaps Dean to St. Mary's. Back with Sam, he mojos Lilith across the room, etc., etc. Dean approaches and Ruby shuts the door between them. Dean's banging on the door, trying to get through to Sam. Sam is hesitating while Ruby begs him to go on. Lilith smirks and makes fun of him, and then we cut to commercial. When we return, Lilith is dead on the floor, and her blood is flowing in a really weird direction. Ruby reveals herself as having been working for Lilith all this time, working to free Lucifer from the cage. Dean finally breaks in, and he and Sam team up to kill Ruby in a very unsatisfying way. The blood on the floor turns into a sick-ass portal, and a flash of white, white light goes up from it, and that's the episode and the season. Yep. Oh, uh, the yep. Talking about the ending first, the blood sigil is so good. It's such it's a good so, and cool it design. So it's so ominous. It's all spiky. It's great. I like that. It fucks really. There's hard. like a um. There's like a purity to it, if that makes sense, in terms of it doesn't have all the like writing and the sigils. Like it's not complicated at all. Um. Which, like, uh, a little bit ago, I talked about, uh, like, magic circles uh, as an analog to computer programming, uh, where, like, we mentioned that one of the, like, the devil's trap they made had, like, gotten smaller and less complicated. And I like the idea of thinking about it in terms of, like, code. Like, you can write two different types of code that fulfill the same function, but one can be much, like, shorter and more elegant than the other to reach the same conclusion. And the, like, ominous elegance of this, as far as, like, it doesn't need any of the writing, it doesn't need any of the fancy bells and whistles, it is just this specific shape with, uh, mm -hmm. how many lines, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight lines converging on the center, uh, it's great. And then the center widens yeah. into a portal, yeah. it's super cool. Um, while Ash was doing a synopsis, I did look up, um, Kripke Good Omens and found a tweet. Yes. Where somebody asked, did, I guess that would just be um, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman's book, Good Omens, inspire Supernatural at all? The Crowleys are quite similar. Um, I'm saying Crowleys because I'm talking about the Supernatural Crowley. Yes. Um, and Eric Kripke himself retweeted saying, yes, now you know the origin Capital of Eric Crowley. Yes. <laughs> um, also the boy from an episode of season five, I believe. So that's a very similar plot to Good Omens. So yes, they've definitely taken inspiration from Good Omens. Cool. Love to get confirmation. Which is, yeah. Which, I mean, like, yeah. They're they're kind of running in the same ballpark yes. here. Um, and uh, honestly, I do... I Granted, it's, like, really easy to find, but it is, like... Or it's really easy to get, but um, I, I like the idea of, like, bureaucratic heaven, absolutely messy hell, mm -hmm. and, like, the pissing contest, and they're actually not, like... I, I just like the idea of heaven not being what humans conceptualize it yeah. as, but that's because I'm a heathen. <laughs> Are we ready to go chronologically? Yes. Okay. Uh, I love a, love a finale that starts with a flashback. Yeah, it was a pretty cool cold mm -hmm. open. 
Yes. The aesthetics of the Azazel scenes are cool. This uh this this mm-hmm. actor who uh I we get to see Azazel again one more time. Mm-hmm. Um this this actor playing Azazel here is really uh acting his heart out as far as like going extremely ham on being an evil demon. Um he's got some good lines here. Uh where is it? He go is this the first line when he's giving his speech is our father who art in heaven with like that pause he says like kingdom come blah mm-hmm. blah blah <laughs> and the in the background the nurses the nurses the nuns give each other like a look like did, yeah did he just say that <laughs> everyone else hearing and this he shit says, <laughs> and then he says lead us not into temptation but deliver us from, from evil truer no, words never spoken. spoken sisters but sometimes it seems as if it's difficult to know the creator sometimes i feel in a very literal sense that i have been wandering the desert for years looking for our father door and slam. he locks the door he goes well not our That's father really my good. father my it's father fun. he's in jail See, he's in jail your dad put your him dad here put him and they all keep looking at each yeah. other like what the fuck uh-huh. what the fuck what the fuck <laughs> what is going on um and yeah it's spots right here in a damn convent for god's sake life is funny one of the nuns is like um father and then he calls her a slut because it's cryptic writing and cryptic yeah. writing has its ups and downs that is, that is none. it's yeah that's yeah. literally like the, line, the antithesis in a damn of convent for god's sake i always like the nice little yes. juxtaposition of yeah uh language damn convent mm-hmm. yeah and then a demon saying for god's also, sake also in i think it's that sentence one of the shots while he's saying this speech um, after he's locked the door and come back to the front, he's standing there with his hands in the very similar position to the stained glass window behind him. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, then he says, suppose it makes sense. Folks forget my daddy is an angel after all, or was. I mean, I suppose some dumb, dumb bastard stood here, felt the jolt of his holy juice and thought, I'm going to build me a nun factory. You know, it was the right idea, wrong angel. This is the ups and downs of Gripke writing. It's dumb bastard stood mm-hmm. here, felt the jolt of holy juice and thought, I'm going to build me a nun factory is very good. Everyone it's in funny. Gripke episodes talks the same. Yes. Mm-hmm. To be fair, this is how Hazel talks when Kripke is writing him. Yes. Uh, this is up there with, um, oh, that that bit in where he got repetitive, and he gets repetitive in this episode, too. Um, in, God, this is an absolutely useless sentence because I can't even, like, pinpoint what I'm talking about. Never mind. Okay. We'll take that okay. out in post. Okay. <laughs> um, so there's, there's a I shot like... at the end of the cold open um, while we hear the nun screaming. We just see outside the room there's like an angel statue the angel statue yeah sure i thought its eyes were gonna start bleeding i thought it was yeah i thought it was gonna do the bleeding me too tears thing but no it was just oh look an angel statue Eh, all right disappointing i can't decide if i love it or i hate it but azazel says so uh if any of you guys are the praying type now would be a good time to start yeah it's like you know the praying type it's a little bit funny it's mostly stupid i'm like yeah i'll allow it I, it's, and then it, it, it in retrospect it sucks because later in the episode he goes well I'm not the praying type but uh and starts praying to Lucifer and it like I would have mm. preferred that and not done this because it's yeah. like it's ironic yeah but it's just silly yeah I didn't it, it I didn't mind it because like later on. that line like that's that line is a cliche but the fact that it's the cliche being given to a bunch of nuns is kind of funny um, yeah exactly. yeah that's I like yeah, this one I like better the irony. than the one later um but yeah and then. We have Sam, Sam. Ruby. Yep. Um, Hand-holding isn't really Ruby's thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, she's still, like, comforting him, like, oh, yeah, you guys will yeah. patch things up after. 
And Sam says, you're talking like I've got an after, which is miserable. Yeah. And she says, don't say that. Don't he say says, that. I've changed for good. Um, not to get back on my wicked agenda again, but mm. <laughs> who can say if he's been changed for the better? But because he knew her, he has been changed for good. Yeah. <laughs> Sam says, Dean's better off as far away from me as possible. Anyways, doesn't matter. Let's just get this done with. Sam. <laughs> Buddy. Um, and then the next shot also starts with the same like blur that focuses on mm -hmm. Dean's face the same way we had with Sam, which is a nice effect. Yeah, good parallels. Um, Dean says that he's not calling Sam. Uh, he's been like half zoning out or at least not replying um, because he says, yeah, I heard you. I'm not calling yeah. him. And Bobby says, don't make me get my gun, which is a weird fucking thing to say. Mm -hmm. Like, if you don't call your brother, I'm going to shoot you. Like, what? Hello? The primary communicati communicative method between these men is violence. Yeah, mm -hmm. it was a weird line. I like, didn't it's, like it. It's, yeah. It's obviously meant to be kind of like jokey, attempting to, yeah, bring levity yeah. into it, but it, it As kind of if he didn't hold a gun to Sam last episode. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah. Um,. Bobby goes, I know I'm not making apologies for what he's done, but he's your ending interrupts to go blood. He's my blood. blood. Is that what you were going to say? Which, Bobby says he's ow. Brother. Yeah. Is, I mean, first yeah. of all, he could have literally just been saying family. He didn't have to be saying blood. I, but did the blood Bobby is, say the line is. yet? Family don't end in blood. I think he did, right? That was an mm -hmm. earlier episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Bobby wouldn't yeah. say he's your blood because Bobby yeah. doesn't conceive of family the same way Dean it's mm. Dean's hand. But up. Dean, is, Dean is bringing that up now because yeah. of the whole weight of the concept concept yeah. of blood in context. Well, of and Sam. if blood is the concept, you're, if blood is what makes someone your family, Sam is not his family anymore because he don't got he got the demon blood instead of the the family blood. <laughs> <laughs> the family the family the blood. blood. <laughs> um, Bobby goes, he's your brother, and he's drowning, which yeah. is a really good line. I will say. Yes, Dean says, Sam never wanted part of this family. He hated this life growing up. Now it's like deja vu all over again. I uh, see Dean, Dean goes, Sam's gone. I'm not even sure he's still my brother anymore if he ever was. Which is maybe the worst was. thing Dean has ever said. It is. Um, like it he's is. upset. He's hurting. I'm not saying he actually believes this, but he did say it. Um, yeah. And this is when Bobby like knocks everything off the off This the Bobby table. line drives me nuts. <laughs> Uh huh. He said he he sweeps his hands down his desk, knocks everything to the floor, and turns back on Dean and says, "You stupid, stupid son of a bitch." Well, boo hoo. I am so sorry. Your feelings are hurt, princess. Classic. Are you under the impression that family's supposed to make you feel good? Bake you an apple pie, maybe? They're supposed to make you miserable. That's why they're family. Bobby, who hurt you? <sighs> oh, we'll find out who hurt him. <laughs> we will find out. <laughs> Bobby, Bobby, I love him so much. And Dean's like, "Well, I, I told him not to. You know, if he walks out, don't come back." And he walks out anyway. That was his choice. And Bobby says, "You sound like a whiny brat. No, you sound like your dad. Your dad was a coward." And Dean does this face, and he goes, "My dad was a lot of things, Bobby, but a coward." And Bobby says he'd rather push them away than reach out to him. That doesn't strike me as brave. You're a better man. Don't be him. I'm gonna go crazy. Mm -hmm. You're a better man than your daddy ever was, so you do us both a favor. Yeah. Don't be him. Yeah, and the the face, the jacking when he says you're a better man than your daddy ever was, like compared to what we just found out about John in Jump the Shark, compared to what we just apparently found out in about John in um on the head of a pin, like all the the mm -hmm. different narratives about John that Dean is being confronted with 
years after his dad has died. <sighs> yeah. Yep. I like this conversation a lot, despite the fact that, like, uh -huh. I disagree with family is supposed to make you miserable, but I think it is interesting Bobby characterization. Yes. Yeah. And the use of apple pie as a metaphor specifically. Yes. Mm-hmm. <sighs> um... I think it's Bobby's way of conceptualizing, like, no relationship, be it familial, platonic, romantic, whatever, mm -hmm. is ever going to be 100% good all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. And just because the relationship has yes. bumps does not mean it is worthless. But Bobby has trauma. Yes, exactly. Uh, so he doesn't conceptualize it that like, way. Like, I'm good with it in terms of, like, it's true yeah. for friends, too. Like, a, a, a relationship with another human is never all good all the time, you know? Uh-huh. But they're not supposed to make you miserable either. Yeah. Family does tend to make you miserable sometimes, but that's usually because that's what happens when you're cooped up with a bunch of people <laughs> yes. all the time. And you come from the same gene pool, so you have the same brain. <laughs> and Bobby's actual point is that you don't get to say that Sam stopped being your family just because things got hard between you. Yes, yes. Which mm -hmm. is also like, yes and no. Blah. Yeah. Like, it is valid to cut someone the, off if they actually yes. genuinely suck, but, like, just because you're having a fight in this yeah. case yeah. is not the same thing. Yeah. 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 Um, There's a difference Dean, between... Dean doesn't want to do the work to fix it or to even admit that, like, he's hurting or that, like, he was wrong or that Sam... Like, Dean just wants to push everything away so that he doesn't have to actually face the feelings. Yes. And that's what Bobby is yes. calling out here. Mm -hmm. It's easier to just not deal with Sam ever again than to actually put in the work to fix the relationship mm -hmm. or to improve it's it. It's easier to believe that Sam is past the point of no return and that this, there's like this irrevocable difference between them than... Yeah. Yeah, that way you get to and give the up the hard work hurt. of trying to fix it. Yeah. Yeah. And so oh. Dean doesn't respond to this part about John. Um, what? He, he goes back to staring out the window and then... He's like, what? And we turn around and he's he's in a completely different room. Yeah. We, this is the last time we see Bobby in season four in this episode. I want to know what Bobby's like response to this was. Uh -huh. the, this boy got teleported away from him, like right in front of his face. What what must he think happened? He probably assumes yeah, he it's the angels. Like, yeah. angels. He was literally like, where are your angel buddies? Well, here they are. Mm -hmm. um, oh, yeah. They knew they knew that Dean was waiting on orders. So, yeah. Yeah, this is uh, what um, the show, uh, apparently behind the scenes, what they refer to as the green room, which I like a lot. The green room being where um, uh, actors hang out before Zachariah they come on stage. Zachariah does call it the green room mm -hmm. in the dialogue. Oh, yeah, does he? He says call it a green oh, room. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Okay, never mind. Well, it is literally, yeah, it's the green room. Uh, it's meta in that way. I guess this is, when I talked about, like, where do angels go when they're not around? I guess this is it. I guess this is the place. This oh. is well, this storage. This is storage for Dean. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yes. This the is not page says like what um, city it's in. Oh, huh. Yeah, and they they do actually find it at some point. That's interesting. Okay. I thought uh, this was. I didn't put think together this was a little heaven. room to stick scene into with no doors. I, yeah, I thought this was particularly. Yeah, the lack it of is doors. strongly implied I, to be in heaven. Um, but that's not what I thought. <laughs> I thought this was like a pocket dimension they made. Like I thought, this was the barracks, or like an aspect of the barracks that they talked about. As like, I don't the think it's established for... in this episode that it's you know a physical location. No. In fact, it's strongly implied not to it's... be when Cass says yes. something like "We're out of your coverage zone." Or is that? Well, the, I can't the remember. one of the angels yeah. says that camera moves Cass around. Does. The way this room is framed is a way that uh, in they intentionally frame it to make it look like an alien reality. 
Um, like yes. things move around in the background. I'm fairly sure there's like the, the way paintings the camera change spins around at the room. Some point. The paintings there's change. There's like classical yeah. art that you would find in museums. There's Fragonard yeah. swing, um, and then like once Zachariah starts talking about the apocalypse, it changes to like demons and monsters. And yeah, things. it's cool. Uh, I'm kind of grumpy that it's a physical location. Yeah, at this point in the show, it is not a physical location. They yeah. decided that later. Yeah. Clearly. Yes, it is a very cool room uh, design. It's also very unclear where it actually is yeah. in the world. The wiki has two different things. <laughs> of course it does. I love this show. Yuck. <laughs> um, but yes, it does. You're right. It does not feel like a physical mm -hmm. place on Earth. And I think when we find out that it is a physical location, it is kind of deflationary. Mm -hmm. um, um, which is all to say, this is basically the room from the end of 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, the section Jupiter and the Infinite Beyond. It's like the same decor. It's not the exact same paintings, but it's the same style of paintings. It's the same like uh, wall decorations. There's like a little bit more furniture, but like the furniture that is here is the same style. It's uh, it is all a very deliberate reference to that room, which also is supposed to denote a place like outside of time and space and is like weird and uh, unnerving and very classy. Which... Like it evokes images yes. of like, you know, upper class leisure quarters. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even know if there's chairs at this table. I was not paying attention, but like basically it's one room with a bunch of decorations around the edges of the room and a table and on the table is probably flowers i don't know like some kind of centerpiece and uh gorgeous bowls of burgers and beer which all i could think of was the was the shot of donald trump when that uh, uh football Christ. team like came to get food at the white house just like for the piles of hamburgers jesus christ <laughs> um i think i don't i we kind of tried to figure it out before recording but uh, I'm not quite sure if it's common in the desticule itself or if this is just something that Emma planted in my brain, but this is also referred to as the beautiful room, um, which fucks. It is on the wiki page, so I didn't make it up, but I don't know if it's ever in It is canon. occasionally referred to, yeah. Um, the wiki says that it's occasionally called the beautiful room, and we tried to figure out might, like, what the fuck that One of the characters might to. call it that the next time we see it, so we'll see. Mm. Um, but we went on this whole rabbit hole, <laughs> and it was insane. Um, the scene, the scenes in the beautiful room, the green room, are much brighter. Like yeah, the, the saturation is back up to like proper color. Um, they look like which we will we'll come back to. Mm -hmm. um, are we good with the green room? Can we move to the next scene? Yeah. Okay. So we get this demonic nurse singing patty cake, which is funny because she's singing to a baby, but like it, the way that she's singing she's it, it's clear the that the cake is not what's going to go in the oven. I yeah. Exactly. Cake. It's like, ha, ha, ha. I do like a good ominous nursery rhyme. Uh-huh. Mm -hmm. And then Sam, like, flings her across the room and goes, we yep. need to talk, which is so underwhelming. I love when he's casual. Yeah. It's so funny. I love it. We're back in the green room. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dean makes a Sweet Life of Zack and Cody reference, which it's threw so me. It's so funny. Yeah. Hi, Kim Rhodes. Is there... There's... Hold on. I'm going to Google... Sweet life. Are you looking of for Zach actor crossover? Kim Rose. No, no, no. No, I'm looking for fan art. Oh. <laughs> uh, 
cursor cursory search does not give me what there's one of like them standing there and it's like plastered over them but i wanted them like drawn as like zach and cody like in those outfits or something um anyway dean watches the sweet life of zach and cody i guess you know when there's nothing else on tv yeah it's hilarious and then both of them are like <laughs> neither of them understand yeah. he's like it's a uh, never mind um <laughs> uh, yeah and we get more of Zachariah knowing like s- too much about Dean. Um, the yeah. burgers that they have there are his favorite from a seaside shack in Delaware from when he was eleven. Um, and then Dean says he's not hungry, and he offers Ginger from season two of Gilgan's Island. You do have a thing for her, don't you? And Dean says, That's "Tempting, weird, weird." And then he offers Marianne for free. Um, uh, very yeah, trickster so, coded. Yes. Yeah. They're they're trying to keep Dean Dawson. Yeah. Literally, the way they go about that is red meat and women. Yep, which is again uh-huh. interesting in terms of um like the morality of angels and th- like these sorts of things. Like this is this is uh gluttony and um, sex outside of wedlock. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> he says let's bail on the holodeck. He's such a nerd. Yeah, yep. yeah. He's so nerd. Uh-huh. And Dean's trying to like figure out what's going on, and and Zach's like, nah, it's fine. There's, you don't need to know. There's another real um. D- d- there's there's a lot of Kripke lines here, but uh, the um all the seals have fallen except one. Dean says that's an expressive. That's an impressive score. That's right up there with the Washington Generals. Oh, Dean. Mm-hmm. Which for, um, for those who don't know, the the Washington Generals are the rivals of the Harlem Gro- Harlem Globetrotters. Uh, in terms of like they're the uh, they're the stooges to the they're the people who exist to get their ass asses kicked. <laughs> I love how Zach probably doesn't understand the reference, but he knows Dean well enough that he's definitely being a sarcastic uh-huh. dick. Well, he says that's an impressive score. Like that's pretty clearly about... sarcastic. Yes. It's like when someone calls you something and you're like, or like when someone swears in another language and you're like, some things, some things transcend language. Some things transcend context. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, um, Cass is just like standing here in the background with his head down, yeah. which mm-hmm. is sad. Yeah, Ask there's a bit, the, Dean. Um, Dean and Zach have, like, a really good repartee where they just, like, trade lines in a pretty good um, rapid-fire exchange. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Zach says, have faith. And Dean says, what, in you? Give me one good reason why I should. And Zach says, because you swore your obedience, so obey. Yeah. At which point, Dean looks past him to Cass, and Cass breaks yeah. eye contact. He looks yeah. down. Love when Cass looks mm-hmm. down. Love when Cass looks up as well. I love when Cass looks in directions. So true. The Macting voices. When he looks in directions that are not Dean. I also really like Macting voices. I really like Zachariah in this scene. He's mm-hmm. his actor's having a lot of fun. He's being very mm-hmm. like ominous and like above it all. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have to explain things. He just has to tell yeah. you what to do. And it's like he condescending. Has, he has such district manager. Yes, energy. yes extremely. <laughs> He is so friendly, but also, like, unfriendly. He's, like, professionally polite, but he also does not give a shit about you. Uh-huh, exactly. You're like, if there was me and the prophet of the company- He's in his customer we service voice. Hanging by the edge of the cliff. Yeah. Don't you love it when people who are- When district managers use their customer service voice on you? It's like, don't cite the deep magic <laughs> You can tell I do not miss retail. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, anyway. Um, then we get Sam- torture scene yeah we've talked about torture unfortunately it works in this episode yeah um sam is trying so hard to be scary 
I can't be scared of Sam, but I do like his little threatening head tilt. Mm-hmm. Like the little head tilts. I love a head tilt. <laughs> also, the demonic nurse has another Kripkeism that I have no idea what it means because I don't yep. care about celebrities. Um, <laughs> she goes, look at you, all it's roided like up. It's like A-Rod and Madonna over here. Which, yeah, this, like every Kripke character talks the same. This nurse is, or this, like, um, demon nurse's line. So weird. It's, 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 um, there was a... <laughs> Robert, sorry. Okay, uh, it's Alex, Alex Rodriguez. Alex Rodriguez who used steroids and what divorced and alleged, Madonna. No, allegedly had an affair with Madonna. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Right. It's okay. I mean, it's contemporary. Like this happened in like late two thousand eight, so it's a it's that a contemporary recent. reference. Yeah. I love Get how this her. demon follows the time. Yeah. Uh huh. Well, uh, the demon probably her. knows what her host knows, so that's fair. I, I like it. I like the idea better that the she's she's gotten really into character. The, yeah, the demon sits in bed with her legs kicking back and forth, reading People magazine. Like, oh my god, mm -hmm. A Rod did what? <laughs> um, and she's like, well, I have no upside to telling you anything because no matter what happens, either you kill me or Lilith kills me, whether or not I tell you anything. Yeah. Where's um, my carrot? And he's like, well, you're gonna be in pain before you die if you don't tell me things. So. It's fascinating, like, it's it's interesting, I'm like, what separates Sam telepathically torturing this demon from the torture that demons regularly endure in hell? Yeah. Like, she is in really terrible Yeah, pain. like, it's it's clear that, like, Kripke is leaning into the way that, like, ooh, the protagonist is so far gone that he is now yeah. getting people to beg for death. Um, But, like, why would she be begging for death? What is he doing yeah. that is so scary? Yeah. Yeah, I want like I want to know what sets blood freak torture apart from hell torture. <laughs> like Alistair was like the best yeah. torturer. Well, okay, demons don't anymore get tortured in hell, right? Like de demons have been tortured to become yeah. demons, um, but they stop being tortured once they you know agree to start becoming demons. So I demons, don't know. As demons, I mean, like textually, haven't been tortured. I think. I mean, aren't tortured. Textually, that is the deal, where, like, once you start torturing, you, you stop getting tortured. But also, a lot of demons have mentioned that being in hell as a demon is still not pleasant, and it's implied that they are still, like, in some shape or form, um, tortured. Yeah, but that's just what it's like to have a Even job. Even if it's not on the right. <laughs> that's true. You, you, sure, you sure are right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm once, about, I'm once again thinking about Crowley. Mm. I... I'm thinking about the fact, I'm just, like, sitting here caught up in the fact that, like, Lucifer was bound in North America. <laughs> <laughs> well, geographically speaking, it's a weird place, but, like, you know, the gravity of America over supernatural, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. That's true, come to think of it. I mean, listen, <laughs> if humanity is developing over in, like, the Fertile Crescent, or Africa, or wherever this particular um, universe chooses to believe in evolution and etc like the americas are pretty far away from early humanity maybe they just didn't want anyone stumbling upon the door for the first few thousand yeah. millennia fair enough i guess oh yeah i guess that's true but then some guy came along and was like hmm feels it feels kind of kind of godly <laughs> some fucking catholic <laughs> <laughs> yeah if it was a protestant they never would have <laughs> Never would have engaged with such such mystical feelings. <laughs> I love this beef. 
that Irish post ah lads not again. <laughs> um the, um, we we skipped over for the sake of discussing the torture. We skipped over Dean's voicemail. Oh yes, <sighs> yeah, very funny that Dean, Dean says, starts uh, out by going, "I'll get right to it," and then he just doesn't apologize. He goes, "I'm still pissed, yeah. and I owe you a serious beatdown." Like, what if but, you just stop listening, then, Dean? <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't have said what I said. You know, I'm not dad. We're brothers. We, you know, we're family, and uh, no matter how bad it gets, it doesn't change Sammy. I'm sorry. Uh it. Like, does a beep like it hung up on him before the last or like at the last second? So it's not even clear if the original voicemail before Angel Tampering, mm. um, like if it, I mean, the, the intent is clear, but it may or may not have included the words, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not dead. We're brothers. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Then the nurse tells him, Oh my him God, guys, he actually is. apologized. He said, I'm sorry. He so did. Yeah. Yeah. This is how you know that Demon, Dean and Sam are just so in touch with him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, then we're back to the torture. And then Ruby, Ruby sa- says... Ruby <laughs> says, we gotta take her with us. It's the final run on the Death Star. And you need more juice than I got. This feels like old Ruby. Yeah, Yeah, that's fair. I'm still gonna shake Kripke for Kripkeisms it. Kripkeisms make old Ruby. Uh-huh. The demonic nurse oh, yeah. is like, you promised. Uh, Ruby says, you're a walking, talking can of whoop ass. And then she calls her a bitch. I love how demons demons continue yeah. to be surprised that other demons betray, betray them. them. Yeah. She says, I know. Like, y'all can't demons. trust anyone these days. It's <sighs> very funny. And then, <laughs> and then the, the nurse says, I'm just going to take a little siesta in the subconscious. Hand over the wheel for a bit. Why haven't? Why hasn't a demon ever done this before? This is a prime tactic to get people to stop, like you know, from killing you, from torturing you, from doing anything to you, to just shunt out the person you're possessing. Well, because hunters are supposed hunter, to be aware in the work. first place that there is a vessel in there. It's just that the show has stopped carrying most of the right. time. Yeah, I know. I know the. Re- I know that's the reason. But it's just like it's funny that like this is the first I, time. This I has think happened. it is funny that demons you know in universe apparently aren't doing this because they assume that it wouldn't change anything because they already know so they're like yeah hunters you know are aware that there is a person in here and they just don't care Uh, meanwhile hunters have just straight up fucking forgotten i mean i feel like this is with my context um i feel like maybe part of it is if you if you hand over the wheel um there's the possibility that the actual owner of the body will take measures to get you out of their body, mm. whether by sheer force of will or by, like, salt. Yeah, they could just start um, yeah, that's eating fair. chips. I'll accept that. <laughs> salt and vinegar chips. We, and I hate to break this to you, but it does, this does kind of happen. Love that for me. Except it's handfuls of salt. I would do that. But it's the same premise. That's because I had an iron deficiency for a long time. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Cindy, the... the the person that is being possessed here comes out and is like, ah, what's happening? Um, then we get another <laughs> flashback. Like, and, <laughs> yeah. Then we get another flashback and this scene rules. This scene is great. It's so um, good. The, it's the so nun- good. So the, there are dead nuns everywhere. Azazel is kneeling in front of an altar and there's like an upside down dead nun lying across the altar, like with her hands splayed mm-hmm. out, like a, like a crucifixion style pose, uh, like her head upside down. Uh, and Azazel's like, I made the sacrifice. Uh, Azari says, I'm not exactly the praying type. I got you a bag full of nuns. So, uh, can you hear me? Can you whisper through the door? 
which I really like I that. that. Mm-hmm. And then that. her mouth opens, and in this like weird, like am- like multiple toned voice, she says, "I'm here, my son." Yeah, it's pretty cool. The subtitles say male female voice. The um, yeah. transcript says gender ambiguous voice. GNCAF. <laughs> yes. Lucifer's um, GNCAF. Time time for me to post what Lucifer looks like in Sandman again. <laughs> Can't wait for Gwendolyn Christie to play Lucifer in the Sandman oh, TV show. So true. I don't know anything about Sandman, but I might just, <laughs> I might just. Also, because it probably sounds like it's going to be good. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I am hopeful. I'm sure I'll be roped into watching it with you and Mitch. There's, there's. Azazel um, says, you know, you have no idea. The others, the others have lost faith. Dickless heathens. Yeah. <laughs> just so <laughs> fucking weird. It's, but it's not so me. weird. So uh, how do I bust you out? I, I, I just love the way Azazel talks. I'm still I miss stuck him. on Dickless feel like shit. Just like, want him back. Such a Kripkeism. He's a scrunkly. It, like the, he's a scrunkly grimo. Yeah. The weird, like, it would be so easy to say spineless, but no, you had to yeah. bring like sexuality into it. Mm-hmm. Kripke. Yep. Also, I love how he calls Lucifer Padre. Yeah. That's funny. But okay, okay. <laughs> I have I have more thoughts. I just need to figure out how to word them. Dickless okay. Heathen specifically is like bizarre as a line because of like. The connotation of dickless would be like cowardly, and I really like the the implication that that has towards even a demon thinking of, or specifically a demon thinking of faith as something that requires courage. Like that's cool. Mm-hmm. The others have mm-hmm. lost faith, which makes them both dickless and heathens. <laughs> yeah, and that slaps. Mm-hmm. Even though it is such a weird yes. fucking combination of words. It is. It is. It is. It does roll off the tongue. Dickless though. heathens. <laughs> Um, we're back to Sam and Ruby. Um, <laughs> Sam's like, a, a priest disemboweled eight nuns here back in 72. And Ruby says, what's black and white and red all over? And Sam goes, that's not funny, which is not true because <laughs> it is funny. It's funny. funny. <laughs> and she like gives him a little head waggle and smiles she's to like, herself. Yeah, I think it was like, funny. You can tell she's thinking, it actually is really funny, Sam. <laughs> don't be a don't also, be a Sam says, get this in this scene. Take a shot. Yes. So true. Ruby calls the demon inside the nurse a hell bitch. Mark, Mark again. Yeah. Yep. Kripke, you will pay for your crimes. Apparently his gender politics have gotten better, but I still. believe it, but, but yeah, I mean, you know, it was thoughts. It's so it's, weird. It's Ruby, the gender politics of Ruby is bizarre. Her not like other girls complex is yep. diabolical. She's like, ah, yep. yes, that other demon is a hell bitch. Witches, which yep. I used to be, are whores. Like, what are you talking yeah, about, Ruby? Yeah. But also simultaneously, don't call me a yeah. bitch. It's other so women weird. and demons are bitches, not Ruby. She's too special for that. Yeah. What the fuck? Yep. Until okay, this is like, jumping ahead. Specifically, but a by the end of this episode, when it like. is revealed that Ruby is in fact not like other demons, or sorry, not not like other demons, then Sam gets to call her a bitch twice in a row because she has lost the right to be special. Like, what the fuck? This is so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. I don't like it. And it's so obvious. Like, it's so transparent and gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's... Like, once she is no longer a woman you have to respect, you get to call her a bitch and then a lying Speaking bitch. of disrespecting women, we get some more <sighs> Shoves her Sam's in the trunk. He shoves a woman in the trunk. Arc as like, Cindy is being like, I'm a nurse, I have a husband, like, please just let me go. And yeah, Sam shoves her in the trunk of the car and is like, you know, 
showing on his face that he's not happy about what he's got to do. He's got like an anguish look on his face, but like he's still shoving a woman you still into did the trunk that, of his car. And like, okay, in fairness, the reason that it's the trunk and not just like the back seat is because that's where the devil's trap is, and there is still a demon in her, so yeah. he needs to make sure the demon doesn't get out because that's what he needs. But like, yes. Jesus, Sam. Yes. Yeah. Back in the uh, back back in the green room, Sam is acting. Sorry, Dean is acting like a disgruntled cat, uh, knocking over yes! figurines. It's so good. It's this. There's like a little angel figurine on the mantelpiece, and he walks over to it and just like deliberately tips it onto the ground. Tips and it. as it shatters, Cass shows up. Hello. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. And then and then looks Dean all looks- ashamed. Yeah, Cass says, you asked to see me, and Dean says, and Dean looks really guilty. He, like, glances at the smithereens of this angel. It's very funny. Like, Cass (laughs) doesn't care at all. It's very silly. Yeah. He says, I need something, and Castiel says, anything you wish. (gasps) (gasps) Sorry. That's the thing I'm sensitive (laughs) about. Dean says there's something I have to talk to Sam about, and Cass goes, "What?" And Sa- Dean says, "The BM I took this morning." Like, <laughs> what is that? What is, what is BM? Movement. I assume it's a laxative. Yeah. Oh, no, it just okay. means the yep. shit I took. Yeah. Okay. Well, in 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 streamer culture, BM means bad manners. Yeah. So. Also, also uh, potentially bra moment, <laughs> but that's that's beyond the the time period here. Anyway, Dean says, I just need five minutes to talk to Sam, and Cass says, no. Yeah. And he says- You just said anything you wish. Yeah. He's like, what do you mean? I'm trapped here? And he says, you can go wherever you want. He says, all right, I want to go see Sam. He says, except there. Except there. (laughs) I want to take a walk. Fine. I'll go with you. Alone. No. Yeah. And then this is where he's like, this is the thing. So there was was a door earlier. This is what I meant about Mm -hmm. space moving around. Um, Like, there's a door to this room, and then like- Dean is walking toward it, and then Cass says, through what door? And the camera spins back to Cass, and then spins back around to Dean, and the door is gone. And then Cass is also mm-hmm. gone, and it's very good. It is very good. I love, I love the this weird effect. room. Yeah. I love it when things just aren't there anymore. Yep. Um, Sam's got his voicemail. He's just been staring at it. Ruby says, what are you, a 12-year-old girl? Which I did think was funny in terms of like, oh no, I'm scared that my friend said something mean to me. Yeah, but once again, Ruby using... Yeah, it's gender. Like he, she could have just said, like, well, it's gender. "Yeah, she could have just said a twelve-year-old." Like this is teenage behavior, no matter yeah. the gender, but or you know, tween age, I guess technically. Be, um, and she goes, like "I don't get it. All the demons you cut with the knife. What do you think happens to the host? How is this any different?" Yeah. It's true. She's right. She's literally right. It's just that we don't want to engage with that. Mm-hmm. And Sam goes, "Is that supposed yeah. to make me feel better?" No, Sam, it's not. She says, "Now is not the time to grow up, squeeter. So chalk chalked out another it's group so- key line. <laughs> This is the second use of the term persuader in this show. Also, I have no sympathy for Sam here because, like, oh, I'm sorry. Is your kidnap victim annoying you with her screaming? (laughs) He literally goes, I wish she would shut up. (laughs) You're going to kill me. You You are kidnapping her and you are about to murder her. She's allowed to scream. There's a screaming woman in your trunk. Sam's sitting here like, am I the drama? (laughs) Am I the baddie? Yeah, it's so dumb. Um, and she, he's like, "Well, I'm having a bad time because I'm about to do this horrible thing to this innocent woman." And Ruby goes and save the world as a result. She said, "Fuck your trolley yeah. problem, ass." Yeah, <laughs> literally. She is a demon, to be fair. Um, 
I I really like the sort of juxtaposition of the two boys as like separate torments here. Um, mm -hmm. the way it keeps cutting back and forth. Uh, Dean is like desperately trying to like smash through the wall of this place, but uh, very Sisyphus esque. Each time he does it, it's just gone back to normal. <laughs> this wall One is pretty Dean, Dean, Dean is happy. the eagle. <laughs> <laughs> you know, same day, different day, same eagle, or whatever. Yeah. Um. And Zachariah appears and says, quit hurling feces like a howler monkey, would you? It's unbecoming. coded Uh-huh. So true. And Zachariah, before revealing the whole, we mm -hmm. don't actually want to stop little thing, is like, no, 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 it's too dangerous out there for you. And Dean's like, Dean's what, now you're suddenly concerned? You're lying. I want to see Sam. And he says, that's ill-advised. <laughs> yeah, Dean's Dean. so sick of him. <laughs> Dean's convince role is good here, where uh, he's like, how am I going to ice Lilith? And then, yeah, fate accompli, trains left the station. Anyway, this is where Dean realizes and Zach confirms that they don't actually yep. want to stop the apocalypse. When, they want to win the apocalypse. Um, there's a bit where, happens, where Zach like sits down yeah. and he's reflected in like the, you know, the mirror on either side. Yeah. So it's like My infinite shot. Zach. It's such a good shot. Cause like, I love when they imply the way so that angels hard. are like bigger and multiple and like the the additional dimensionality of them is so good oh it's so good uh i also have another note which is um right as he says this uh the color bleeds out of the scene yeah the as as zine Does loses really faith do? here the brightness yeah. of this room which i said to hold on to yeah. as zine has this realization the color goes all the way back down to gray it's great oh, it's shit. so good Supernatural is good. Yeah, sometimes. it's not a sharp click the way it was in. Yeah, um, it's a it terrible slowly life. fades out of the scene it, during it just the conversation out. to the point where like you don't even notice it at first. Like, but if you like scroll back and forth between them, like the the difference is uh, intense. Yeah. And then this is where the paintings on the walls change from being like um, like uh, Rococo classical um, like nature. Uh, Na like nature and people images to being like 12th century uh like mm -hmm. medieval style like hell art i don't know if that's mm -hmm. that's the vibes i'm Iron not an art history major but but you know i want to know what zach means when he says it, it this isn't the first planetary enema we've delivered i think he's talking I, I assume about he was talking flood. about like the flood yeah oh i guess so yeah which which, it, which is funny to refer that. to that as an enema as an enema uh -huh. No, other way around. There you go. <laughs> Manamana. Because <laughs> um, it was actually water. But yeah, that's why I assume maybe God killed the dinosaurs. Maybe that was maybe. a planetary Amina. Maybe. Maybe the lizards were sinning too much. <laughs> <laughs> Those damn dinosaurs. They've got it too. They've had it too good for too long. <laughs> I'm um. now imagining a, a version of Lucifer, but as a dinosaur. That's yeah. <laughs> we should have. We deserve that. <laughs> Dinosaur I have passed all coherency. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're we've been going for too long. Uh, yeah, the apocalypse is coming. Sakura is like poor name, bad marketing, puts people off. All it is is Ali slash Foreman on a slightly Ali. larger scale. Yeah, he says you got to break a few eggs or truckloads of eggs. He says when um, our side wins and we will. I haven't seen Gomes in a real t in a little while, but I'm pretty sure there's like that exact line that's said by Gabriel in that show. I don't know if it's in the books, but or I think Aziraphale says something about uh, there doesn't have to we'll be win. a war 
and Gabriel says, well, of course there does. How else would we win it? Um, but I just, I like the, I like the, the vibes there of like, yeah. it's about winning. It's not actually about anything else. Yeah. And also I love Heaven being like convinced that they're going to win. Yeah. Anyway, at some point in the scene, Zach puts his hand on Dean's shoulder, but it's not the one that the handprint was on. It's the wrong <sighs> shoulder. Yeah. Um, he also makes a line that I really hate. Um, he's like, your yeah. roids will yeah. be unimaginable. Peace, happiness, yeah. two virgins and 70 sluts. Also, I think he's clapping Dean on the shoulder, but at first I was like, did he just slap his ass? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's like, this is, Dean's always had a destiny, but they've kept it from him. Uh, they kept the specifics of it from him. Mm -hmm. Uh, and here it is. Yeah. And Dean's like, where's God in all this? And Zachariah goes, God, God has left the building. Yes! It's great. It's great. It's great. I love the different ways that angels approach faith. Yeah. So good. We're like, uh, okay, Cass is like, all right, everything, all of my orders come from God ultimately, so I don't really need to know anything about, like, God himself. I just trust that, like, he's involved. Um, whereas Anna's like, I don't know if God really is involved right now, even if he does exist. Yeah. Um, exactly. And Uriel's like, like well, here. God, you know, doesn't have the right to deal with this, even if he does exist. Um, mm -hmm. because he's not doing what I want him to be doing. And Zachariah is like, well, you know, we had our orders. We know what we're supposed to be doing. God's not around, so we can do as we think is supposed to happen. Lots of sleep. Yep. Post-apocalypse. Yep. And, uh, well, it shows up. We've got another white gown. Mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, murders She's his guard. She's in the same vessel as she was last time yep. we saw her. Um, see, this is where Cass says that you're outside your coverage zone. Implying now is not the her. time for jokes, Cass. <laughs> Yes, Loth is the final seal. Sam's gonna kill her, um, and cause the apocalypse. Uh, Dean says, Dean like literally mentions toe the company line here, which I liked. We mm -hmm. talked a lot about heaven yeah. as like corporate bureaucracy. And then Cass, um, says, Cass says, "We've been through much together, you and I." <sighs> oh, buddy. I'm sorry. Oh, I buddy. Like this. And then Dean punches him, and it's like this cartoony moment where, clang. like, his head, his head turns. It makes this like goofy sound. His head turns with like no visible reaction. It's so funny. Dean like hurts his hand doing yeah. this. Yeah, he turns Dean around turns to like around. clutch at his hand and mouths out. It's so yeah. funny and cute. It's a very I good moment, moment of levity. It's uh -huh. very good. He literally goes, oh. <laughs> so much it's really good but also hold on to that because in like 10 seconds it's gonna be important again see it's gonna uh this is a a bit that shows up in like a lot of destiel amvs yeah because it's so funny <laughs> it's, it's so very cast. funny it's really good yeah. dean, your like we, dean got used angel. to cast being like the guy he talks to uh, he's still an angel dean you can't punch mm -hmm. him in the face and have uh -huh. it do anything he's not, so yeah, he's not sam and Dean interrupts before he can say destiny, and he says, it's all a bunch of lies, you poor stupid son yep. of a bitch. You know what's real? Uh, it's just a way for your bosses to keep me and keep you in line. Unionize! Unionize! Yes. You know what's People, real? People, families. families. That's, that's real. real. Love is real. Families is a is an interesting specific here. It makes sense, because yeah. it's been heavily on his mind and is, like, the theme of these, like, two-part episodes, but, Yeah. And Cass says, like, demands, what is so worth saving? I see nothing but pain nothing here. But pain here. Which, ooh, remember when Dean was talking to Anna and he was like, why would you want to be human? It yeah. sucks. And yeah. she's like, well, you yeah. know, sex, chocolate cake. 
Cass hasn't remember discovered when, sex and chocolate cake yet. Remember yeah. when Cass said that humans are all God's creations and that is their value? Yep. Yeah. He says, I see inside you. I see your guilt, your anger, confusion. In paradise, all, all is forgiven. forgiven. You'll be at peace even with Sam. There'll be peace when you're done, Dean. Yeah. Pukes says, in, you can you uh, can take your piece despair. and shove it up your lily white ass. So I'll take the pan. This is a, he Once gets again, this is literally here. two for two talking about Cass's ass. Yeah, I'll take the pain and guilt. I'll even take Sam as is. It's a lot better than being some Stepford bitch in paradise. This is not a fan okay. of bitch again, but yeah. this is simple, Cass. No more crap about being a good soldier. There's a right and there's a wrong here, and you know it. Cass tries to turn away again. He goes, look at me, like grabs him, turns him back. He did you not have to me. turn. He didn't have to turn. Yeah. He, You just demonstrated that Dean's physical force on Cass does not affect him. Cass lets himself but be his, turned. His, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Also, this scene is really big on parallels against the confession, just because like a lot of the dialogue is <sighs> inverted. Yeah, that's why I said pukes in despair. Um, yeah. You were going to help me once, weren't you? You were going to warn me about all this before they dragged you back to Bible camp. Help me now, please. Yeah. Uh, he goes, like, what would you me have to Sam. do? He just wants orders. Yeah. And then Dean says, get me to Sam. We can stop this before it's too late. I do that. We will all be hunted. We'll all be killed. If there if is anything, anything worth, worth dying, dying for. for, this is it. You spineless. Cass just like shakes his head and looks away. And yeah. Dean says, you spineless, soulless son of a bitch. What do you care about dying? You're already dead. We're done. And Cass says, Dean, and Dean repeats, we're done. That was a breakup. And Cass is like, uh -huh. all right, I'm not, I'm not doing well with this. Yeah. He, and because Dean can't go anywhere, he just kind of walks off to put himself in timeout in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there was a bit yeah. during this conversation where Cass is trying to avoid eye contact the way he does. He's looking down at, because he's having thoughts and feelings. And Dean, like, ducks down to get in his eye level. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> Lives rent-free in my head. Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah. This conversation yeah. is literally formative to Cass. So true. So, so true. true. You know what's real? People, families. If there's anything worth dying for, this is it. And if you won't help me save people and the people I care about, then we're done. And what does Cass do? He decides Dina's right. Mm -hmm. Yep. Meanwhile, yeah. parallels between deciding whether to do things... Um, Sam Meanwhile, is trying to put off having to eat this woman. <laughs> and, drink um, her blood. Let's be that's civilized a kind here. Of, that's a kind of eating. Um, I guess drink this flesh. woman then. Communion. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and Sam, like, in putting it off, is like, I'm finally gonna listen to this voicemail. And then this is, yeah, this is where the, we get the voicemail that has been altered. Dean says, or fake Dean says, listen to me, you blood-sucking freak. Dad always said I'd either have to save you or kill you. Well, I'm giving you fair warning. I'm done trying to save you. You're a monster, Sam, a vampire. You're not you anymore. And there's no going back. And this is what <sighs> makes Sam do it and <laughs> vampire this lady. Yeah, there's a very slight implication that it might have been Ruby who does this. Yeah. And I love that ambiguity because like Ruby hearing this makes like a smirk. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So it could have been her, but also Sam uh, Zachariah said that he was yeah. gonna nudge Sam in the right direction. Yeah. So and this we could know... easily have been either one, which slaps yeah. like the, and we the know actions of heaven and hell can. are indistinguishable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, and there's almost a like there's not an actual collusion, but there's a sort of a, a implied collusion because it doesn't matter. This tacit agreement. Like both of them want Sam this. The yeah, way. they want the same thing. Um, yeah. And we know that angels can 
uh, impersonate people over the phone because we saw that happen in yes. uh, Death Takes a Holiday. Yep. Yeah. Back in the Craziness. green room, uh, Dean's going to be like, Ooh, this like well, opens, I might as well eat one of these burgers. This opens with a shot through like the harp that's just decorating one corner so that it's got bars mm-hmm. over. Like it's Dean good. is pacing it's in good. his cage. It's, it's so fucking good. And as Dean is about to eat this burger, he is stopped from eating the uh, fruits of the underworld by Cass <laughs> grabbing him and shoving him against the wall with a hand he over his mouth. On. They stare at each other. And then Dean does this little nod, and so Cass lets him go. He's he's gonna be quiet. He's gonna be good. <sighs> My notes here say grab wall mouth. <laughs> Blood sigil. Yeah, so it's so sick. cool. He's so. This cool. is really good. And as he's doing it, Zach yeah, shows Zach up, comes in with like an angry parent, messy. like Castiel. What are you doing? He's literally drawing on the walls. <laughs> I am like Castiel doesn't say anything. Like he's just like desperately trying to finish it. And um, as he like he finishes it with like punctuating it with slamming his palm against the wall, and then turns and looks at Zachariah with this like big wide eyed expression, and there's like a massive flash of light, and Zach's gone, and it's good. And then uh, he won't be go long. We have to find Sam now. This is where Cass finally tells him Lilith is the final seal. She dies right, yeah, and begins. Is, right. Yeah. And then, and then we're with Chuck. <laughs> and then Chuck. Then we're with Chuck. I said I was going to read uh, Animal Man. I have started reading Animal Man. I watched this episode and was like, I don't want to like blast through this unless I have to. And there's not enough like Chuck as author content here for it to really have been worth it. So that's I'm fair. Gonna, I'll save. I and also we've been going for long okay. enough. So I'll save my Animal Man talk for next time. This scene. Well, not this specific scene because this is just the sex workers scene and they show yes. up. Uh, he yeah. goes, this isn't yeah, supposed to happen when they show up, but that's it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just get a, like, yeah, it's just a joke about the world end, world's ending, so Chuck wants to hire a whole lot of sex workers. Yeah, and then uh, Lilith is uh, doing things, but then Sam shows up. Uh, mm-hmm. Meanwhile, back with... Lil- oh, wait, wait, wait. Okay. Uh, this line Lilith says, though, uh, when she's got oh, her, yeah. like, yeah, okay, sacrifices cool. and minions and, like, they're scared. She says, don't be afraid. We're going to save the world. Yeah. I, Lilith could have been such a more interesting character. This makes me so mad. Mm-hmm. Like, there are bits here and there that imply... And, like, what if earlier, she didn't want this. She was, like... Uh, or may, I don't know. She I don't was know willing what to make a deal with Sam to not yeah. break the final seal because okay, so now I can finally say that I think that's when she first found out that the final seal was her death. Yeah, but what and she's, she's like, accepted well, I don't that die, now, I guess. So if I can get Sam to make a deal to not do that, then I don't have to do anything. That would be great. Um, she just seems so like serene yeah. and like she's, here for it it's here. Weird. Like, she's accepted it, I guess. Yeah, it's I don't. Weird. It's it's annoying. Like, if we had seen her shift and, like, why this happened, like, it could have been interesting, but, like... Nope. Ugh. Yeah. Um, so now back with Dean and Cass and Chuck. Oh, my God. Okay, so Chuck says, you guys aren't supposed to be there. You're not in this yeah, story. In this story. Mm. This is the Sam and story. Cass supposed to be says, the Sam story. Yeah, well, looking... He, like, glances at Dean, according to the transcript. He says, we're making it up as we go, which is when Dean looks at Cass. And as he says that, the computer screen that has the script open, like, starts flickering Mm -hmm. to static. It's so fucking good. It's so good. Metatextually, this is so good because Cass isn't supposed to be here. The writers strike... They are making yeah! it up as they go along. Like, mm-hmm. Cass is, like, the weird, like, agent of chaos in this story in terms of, like, the direction it's gone in. And I really like that they've, like, made that, um, 
they they've made what's exterior to the text interior to it in this way. It's very yes. good. I like it's a meta move. It's a sort of meta move that I find very good and fun. It's mm-hmm. so fucking good. You're not in this story. We're making it up as we go. And literally the text of Supernatural flickers out because Cass decided to choose Dean. Yeah. <laughs> Scenes to go insane to episodes to absolutely paste the walls to. Literally. Yeah. I am I am that lady in the yellow wallpaper. I am crawling around <laughs> on the floor. I'm that one like crocodile in a wig. <laughs> <laughs> literally <know>? so true. <laughs> There's a there's a funny moment here where like Chuck is afraid. And, <laughs> yeah, like, the archangel starts him... showing up, and Chuck's yeah. like, "Not again!" Because <laughs> um, like everything is shaking and glowing light and everything, and Cass puts a hand she... on Dean's forehead to teleport him away, which is a good shot. Was my mind was and then Chuck tries to like seek comfort from Cass, and Cass just gives him a look, and he just like looks away, like lowers his hand. It's very funny. Um, like, excuse me, only Dean gets to put a hand on Cass's shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Excuse you. Mm-hmm. I don't know you like that. <laughs> um, Sam flings a little across the room or, like, head slams against the thing in a way similar to Dean's head hit that mm-hmm. tombstone a few episodes ago. <laughs> Heads be hitting things. Yeah. Uh, Dean shows up, but, like, down the hallway, and Ruby sees yeah, him and, and shuts the door. Shuts the door so door now he's him. stuck out of the scene. Gives um, him a little smirk. And Sam is continuing to like try his power thing. Um, he's he can like kind of hear Sam uh, Dean yelling for him. Uh, and then like Ruby's like, "What are you waiting for?" And Lilith starts laughing at him, which is what actually gets him to <laughs> do it. Which is so funny. He's so easy to bait. Um, but there's like some weird zoom cuts, like back and forth close up to back further, like on Sam's face. That was just like, why? I don't know. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sam's eyes go demon. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. they do. Which implies interesting things about what yeah. drinking demon blood will do. Yeah. It's it's a good build up to uh like it's it's been built up to in a way that's good. Mm-hmm. I like it. Like a there's a real deal. good close up in his eyes. It's like we've we've been trained to like know what this means and here it is. Yeah, it's a good follow through. Uh, specifically what Lilith says when she's laughing at him is that he turned himself into a freak and a monster and he's not even going to do anything with it. Those yeah. specific words. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And then, uh, then he kills her. Mm-hmm. Which is very cool aesthetically. It's like the same kind of glow that happens when mm-hmm. um, he killed Alistair. It's like a building as he tries to do it and then like, you know, the final flash as he manages it. She goes limp and his eyes fade back from their blackness. It's pretty cool. It's good good vibes. Cool. And then uh and Then we get the Ruby then, reveal. Yeah, and then her blood starts forming that sigil and Sam's like, What? Yeah. And he's like, You did it. You opened the door. He's free. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Sam's like, No, I, I killed her. I do like how um I do like her acting in the scene in terms of yeah. how like she there is such a load off her shoulders like she doesn't have mm-hmm. to pretend anymore she's like she did it like she's this so speech excited is the Ruby speech and okay so mm-hmm. when I first watched the show I did not ever finish season four um like I stopped at some point in middle of season four I don't remember which episode exactly uh and so I never got to the Ruby reveal I was just operating under the assumption for years that Ruby really was their friend. Um, That's very funny. It was very funny. And then I finally got to this episode when, in a post-November 5th world, I started rewatching, and I was like, wait a minute, this makes more sense. (laughs) This explains a couple of the edits I've seen. (laughs) 
it it was very cool and i'm glad that it was preserved for me for years i lived in a good ruby world it's very funny yeah this speech is so cool though i was the yeah best she of says speech, uh it's the most loyal yeah the ruby edit lines <laughs> not even alistair knew only lilith which is like again lilith knew that i how, what was there this doesn't make a lot of sense if you think too hard about it listen it's nothing a- about supernatural makes yeah. much sense if you think too hard about it yeah, not even alistair knew is interesting because alistair tortured her right yes yeah and so even through all that she she was sticking to the I original mean, when she plan. says she was the most loyal mm-hmm yep. You have to admit, I'm She's awesome. like, yeah, I'm sure you're a little angry right now. Girl, you summoned Lucifer. <laughs> um, this is where he says, you bitch, you lying bitch. Yeah. Don't hurt yourself, Sammy. It's useless. You shot your payload on the boss. Gross. <laughs> so interesting. He says, you poisoned me. And she says, no, it was you and your choices. I just gave you it the was, options you and you chose the, the right gumbo. path every time. So good. He did have the choice and he made the yeah. wrong one. Yeah, so this implies that he didn't need the demon blood? Like, it was it was psychosomatic? Okay, well, he's saying, like, you poisoned me into becoming this evil thing. And she's like, no, mm-hmm. you decided to do these mm. evil things. Yeah. I see. Yeah. The, it wasn't that the blood made blood. you he do anything. a demon leading him along. The, the, the Dumbo reference shouldn't have been here then. Because yeah, it was, the, yeah the, it's confusing. Although it is a good line. It is good. It is. It is funny, but it's very funny. I think, like, I th- at this point, I wrote in my notes, "Kripke, shut up," because it just doesn't <laughs> match the vibes of the scene to suddenly make a Dumbo reference. But whatever. Kripke is like, is anyone going to put a reference in this? I kind of like it in a contrast because that's a very good uplifting thing, and this is such like a dark moment. Yeah, I, I, but it's for far her, from the it's worst Kripkeism we've ever had. Yeah. But like, I just think it's kind of dumb. But that's okay. And uh, we get some more Destiny stuff. She says, this is a miracle, which slaps. This is a miracle. He's going to repay you in ways you can't even imagine. Well, he sure is. Um, The the whole bit about like it had to be you, it was only ever you, is so bad for Sam's mental health specifically because that means that if he hadn't done it, it couldn't have happened, which means that it's directly his fault, according to his logic. And I'm sorry, Sammy. And so then they kill Ruby together. Dean finally gets to kill her. Yeah, it's really unsatisfying the way she dies, but... Uh, Dean finally gets in after all this, and he pulls out the knife, and she goes, you're too late. He says, I don't care. So, again, this vengeance. He's not trying to stop her. He's just trying to kill her for everything that she's done. Um, And so Sam, like, holds her in place as Dean stabs her in the gut. Yeah. I feel like it's too easy to put sexual tones onto this um positioning i don't like it fair i don't know it just doesn't do anything for me those this i know scene. it's it's really meh it's it's and then, but, yeah. the, but then sam is such a little guy he goes i'm sorry <laughs> ripped a, ripped a i would forgive him for raising lucifer he said he's sorry mm-hmm. and then we have the he sick portal the sick fucking yeah, this- portal and ripped to two dream male characters who could have been more interesting this is the show that we're watching mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah <sighs> so do we have actor facts or any other notes to make um before like a season four um wrap up yeah i got i got i got one um which is that uh the um azazel in this episode is played by um uh rob labelle 
whose only major role uh, is a character named Crazy Eddie in this uh, late 90s, early 2000s, like seemingly X-Files inspired show uh, called First Wave. Uh, which is the description of framed for murder and on the run. A former thief struggles to expose the vanguard of an alien invasion with the help of a conspiracy theorist and newly discovered prophecies of Nostradamus. Girl, what the which, fuck? Incredible premise. Yeah, he's the conspiracy theorist Crazy Eddie in the show. He's like the secondary protagonist. That's the incredible. only like major role he's been in, I think. Um, or like from, 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 I shouldn't say I think. I read his IMDb page. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just a very funny premise for a show it's very mm-hmm. late 90s mm-hmm. uh but uh yeah that's season four uh yeah. turns out lucifer rose damn that lucifer sure do be rising <laughs> naming um, it that does take some of the some of the tension out of it but but i mm-hmm. agree with you in terms of like the inevitability of this is interesting to me like it was building mm-hmm. toward this the whole time and uh Despite the fact that there's the slight wrinkle of like Ruby dying and like Dean got out, like Lucifer's still here. I'm curious how this wrinkle, considering how big of a deal it is, or like is implied to be by like the prophecy changing or whatever. Um like Dean doesn't do all that much, all things considered. And I'm wondering if this yeah, mm-hmm. I'm wondering like where this is going to go going forward. I'm excited to watch season five. <laughs> Do you have predictions? Five. I would like to hear what you think season five um, will hold. I mean, I I know what's up with Dean a little bit, so it's hard to make like unspoiled predictions, you know? Okay, um, fair. So something is going to happen, R.E. What about Sam? What do you think Sam's future holds? <sighs> I think Sam's going to die. Interesting. Like, um... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe Dean will be the... Okay, I think season five is going to end with one of them dying because it's this is the show where the boys die. Um, And it's going to it's going to either be Sam redeeming himself by dying or Dean like saving Sam and redeeming him through his death. I think I think it's got to be one of those two things in terms of like the morality of the show and the way we have set up uh like sammy's fall here and like this is sam's nadir um so he's gotta be he's gotta like this is his lowest point he's gotta go back up and the way <laughs> characters like this okay i mean <laughs> way to way to like spoil for me that my predictions are wrong maybe and maybe not <laughs> there's always you can always go lower this is this i'm is curious how your guess is are or are not being affected by the knowledge that season five should have been the last. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe both the boys will survive so they can like ride off into the sunset together. I don't know. But uh, I mean, they're going to defeat Lucifer. I mean, I, actually, you know, here's a further thing. Maybe this isn't his lowest point. Like maybe we're going to get like the full split between them. But like, like with Lucifer coming up and being like, Sam, my boy, you did it. I'm excited to see Lucifer and the actor that plays him. Hopefully that'll be good. Um, I'm probably going to be disappointed, but <laughs> I often am by it just being some guy. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. The fact that they, the fact that it's the two of them here together at the end makes me think that they're not going to be opposed in the, in the coming uh, mm-hmm. episodes. Um, oh, I had something in my head. I really like, I mean... I'm going to be vague so that I don't actually spoil things, but I like the way that different seasons have their plots bleed into each other. Like the way that season one and two are like very hard to distinguish what the 
season arcs are because they're both about yellow eyes and then season mm-hmm. three to four is supposedly the Lilith plot line and then season four yeah. to five is something about mm-hmm. angels. I don't know if my brain has been poisoned by uh, nostalgia, but I've always had a soft spot for Lucifer in this show. I'm um, excited. It does get a little overdone, but I don't know. I, I like, I think his name is Nick. I like Nick. Nick deserved better probably wait, like wait like old nick oh that's know. funny i didn't that never clicked I probably no idea, bro. i think the vessel's name is nick let me look though it is I that's was cute trying not to confirm that but yeah <laughs> that's okay. that's that's silly but nice in a yeah. in a i guess subtle sort of way because you didn't pick up yeah on it. Didn't, it didn't click for well, me so i'll give it to them i'm dumb as shit so <laughs> i'm the folklore boy anyway yeah you can't slip so, stuff past me very exciting so uh we will not be posting an episode next week as it will be our break. But the week after that, uh, we will start with um, the season five uh, pilot in the second episode, Sympathy yeah. for the Devil and Good God, y'all. Yes. Season five. Season, season five. five. Season five. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here being like, I wish I had like a longer like wrap up to the season, but I feel like most of my thoughts I said already earlier when we talked uh-huh. about like the the like destiny stuff in these two episodes, like it is a culmination of that and it's been building toward it. And I feel like even though the Lilith and Ruby stuff isn't great, I feel like they have paid off the way the boys have become to like be the representatives of like the forces of heaven and hell on earth, um, in ways that are like, you know, very TV protagonist, like, these are the two most important boys in the universe, but for what that is, like, I'd be expecting it, like, that's fine, that's the show I'm watching, whatever, and I do think the parallels that they're setting up are good, and I'm excited to see where they go from here. Yeah, I'm looking at the season five list now, and some of these are stinkers, but most of them are, like, very fun if not good, or very Mm -hmm. good if not fun. Mm. Um, I'm excited for changing channels. Okay, okay, Um, I'm ready for season five, I'm excited. (laughs) Thank you very much for listening, and uh, please rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. Uh, until until next time, uh, we are going to be uh, watching a horrible blood circle fill up as we stand there clutching each other, unsure of what the future holds. Mm-hmm. Some of us are unsure. The Last Ones by Jazar on freemusicarchive.org. Licensed under an attribution share alike 3.0 international license. Find the link in the episode description.